traveling the vortex. Short and sweet, my baby's all mine. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed at episode number 208. Short and sweet, unlike the three of us, we're doing book reviews of ebooks. <laughs> Sean, Sean just about did a spit take. <laughs> I'm Keith. <laughs> and I'm Glenn. <laughs> yeah, I'm right Sean. There. Did I make you choke? I was almost short. <laughs> unlike us. Unlike us. How are you guys? Uh, very well. Very well. You guys ready for Christmas? Guess what's in three days? <laughs> Christmas Eve. And then in four days okay. it's Christmas Eve. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like a build-up, like Christmas Eve. Well, I am doing wake up Christmas, Christmas with Eve. my mother on Christmas Eve. You so. wake up Christmas Eve morning and you go, oh, the big guy comes tonight. Oh. <laughs> it's what? more exciting for me because I have Christmas Eve off. Guess what's, oh, yeah, in, yeah. Guess what's in four days? Yeah, I have to work. What? What's East, days? Easter Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who will we be Doctor returning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A one night engagement. <laughs> it's not so perfect. One oh, night engagement. engagement. <laughs> one night and one night only. What you guys do this week? I tried to get into the Christmas spirit. I watched Scrooged. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I, hadn't, I don't think I've actually you seen it. I that movie. I wasn't really? as impressed. You'd never seen it? I don't think I had. You weren't I, impressed? I wasn't overly impressed. Oh, it's it was the best was versions good. of the, of the was, Christmas Carol. It was, it was a good adaptation. It was yeah. a good modernization. Uh, there was, it wasn't as funny as I expected it to be. There were a lot of funny moments, but I didn't laugh as much as you I expected. You didn't watch the old... Uh, <laughs> no. Okay, you, you, you didn't watch Scrooge. You watched Scrooge. I watched okay. Scrooge. Okay. There were, a lot, there were several. Hilarious. A lot of the stuff with Carol Kane was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Here's the deal, and quite honestly. And I didn't realize uh, the, the, the main woman was... From Indiana oh, Karen, Jones. Karen Allen. Karen yeah, I didn't know you Karen know. Allen. I'm sorry, the name blanked on me. I did not know Probably she was one in of the last major film she was in. I mean, until Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. When was Scrooge? When uh, was 88. 80, yeah, I was going to say 88 or 89. When was, was Sandlot? Oh, well, that was in the 90s. That was like 96-ish. Yeah, 93, maybe. Yeah, I don't think it was 96. I was, anyway. I was in elementary school. 96, right, so I would have been in middle school. That's probably right there. Here, here's the I deal. thought it was before I, or after I started working at Duncan's, which would have been in 95, 94. No, because I was, I was at... It was 93. It had to have been 93 at least because I was at, I was at Suncoast when that one came out, okay. now that I think about it. I, I just think it's... Because I had that one on Laserdisc. You were still at Suncoast when I started at Duncan's, so... <laughs> yeah. Not for very long. Well, no, that's true, because then you came over and worked for me. <laughs> I think what's screwed with it's a everybody thing you know. You've worked pretty much. with everybody, pretty and, much. and it's usually at a video store. <laughs> at well, some point, you've worked with everybody you know at a video store. I'm kind of like that, that lychee amoeba that I grab their friends and then force them to come work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never worked for you, though. No. You worked for me. I worked for you. Well, you were the first. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But there's true. still time. <laughs> <laughs> Someday he's going to come to me and go, I just hate having my mornings free. The kids are in school now. I really don't know what to do with myself. And I was like, come work for me, Glenn. It was a, a, you know, I, I considered it this Christmas. I really did. I thought, you know, he told me I could pretty much set my hours. He pretty much said I, I could. I just basically had to greet people and help people find stuff. I didn't have to do much. And I thought, this is a great Christmas gig. Why don't I do this for a little bit of money? But eh, I never got back with you on it, so... Maybe now. next year, Sean. <laughs> no, there's, there's still three days. There's still three days. <laughs> um, the thing with Scrooged, 
the first time I saw it, when I went to the theater to see it, 100% agreed with your review. I think I think it's Muppet Christmas Carol. Well, no, well, nothing can top that version of Christmas Carol. I, well, I, I would agree with that. But I also would agree with what you just said. I think maybe the first time I saw it, I didn't think it was funny as, until I started repeat watching. It's, it's a repeat yeah. watching. It's a repeat yeah. okay. it's, it's, you appreciate it a lot more the more you see it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe and next the, year I'll the, give it the more, the more cynical you get, the <laughs> funnier it is. Well, and, you know... I, I don't get it's cynical me. Christmas. Time. Yeah, but you just enjoy. Oh, it's a, look, it's a Christmas, and you get all excited and giddy, and it's true. I can't deny it. <laughs> Antlers. <laughs> I have a great Scrooge story, which I <laughs> cannot tell on mic, so you guys are going to have to remind me after we're done. <laughs> staple the antlers to itself. No, I didn't staple the oh, antlers okay. to it. To it. <laughs> but my sister did. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, well, I watched Prep and Landing this week. Both both shows. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen those? No. Prep oh, they're, and Landing? Prep and Landing. Oh, they're adorable. They're two different shows. No, no, no. Prep and Landing <laughs> is the first one, and then Prep or, Prep and Landing, Naughty versus Nice is the second special. They were ABC oh. Disney specials that they started probably about five, six, maybe even seven years ago. And the first one came out, and it, it ran on ABC every year, and then they made a sequel to it. And, and now both run on ABC every year. <clears throat> yeah, now they're both on there every year. It's, not, we, a, it's not a regular series? No, no. It's just two two Christmas specials. And uh, oh. it's about this uh, uh, these two I, elves. I, 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 talking about, uh, I just Wayne. assumed it was a, no, no. A, a television show, and I thought, how long can you sustain a no, show no, no, about no. Christmas? <laughs> it's about two little elves. Because uh, it's a Disney thing. What so is it? Uh, yeah. uh, shoot, the name was in my head until you distracted me. Uh Lanny's the one elf, and uh, Wayne, Wayne and Lanny. And wait, their uh, names aren't Prep and Landy? No, no, no. Prep and Landy is what they do. What they are is they're elves, and they come and they prep the housetop for Santa. They have the Prep and Landy is like a whole squad of elves, oh. but there's two particular that work on this one house for Timmy, and it's they basically they go in and they prep the stockings and make sure everything's ready for Santa to come. So when he comes, it's he's in and out and gone. And they're well, they're clever. they're and yeah they're an integral part of getting Santa to every house in you know all around the world because he sends these basically advanced teams into each kid's house and preps the the landing uh, strip and the idea is they go in and they you know it's really cool because they run up and and they spray air into the stockings to make them kind of puff out so they say all I do is put the things in there and they check the cookies and make I never sure thought okay. about spraying the air into my stockings that's a great idea <laughs> one, one of the things that they have these little like these little uh, electronic readouts and they do just basically everything but they'll like measure the tree to see if 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 the uh, present will fit under the tree, if it doesn't, then it has this little tool that comes up and trims the tree <laughs> on the bottom of the tree off so they can get whatever present you know they're getting. Um, anyway, uh, Lanny, or, uh, Wayne believes that <laughs> Wayne believes that he's going to get a. Prom- that's how it starts. He believes after his you know this year he's going to get a promotion and they're going to move him to Nottingham Nice, and uh, basically that's that's been his goal. Well, then he finds out they gave it to his previous partner. And so he's, like, upset. And so then he's, like, they go Christmas Eve, and he's going through the motions, and he's, like, yeah, tech with it. And he's just – he goes and he watches TV while he has his new partner, Lanny, who he's, he's kind of training because it's his first mm-hmm. job. And, you know, Lanny's running around, and he's all excited because it's his first job. And, and, you know, Wayne's watching TV, 
eating the cookies. He's moping. <laughs> and and so what happens is Timmy wakes up. That's the boy whose house they're at. They're prepping. And Timmy wakes up and sees him. So they put him back to bed. And they find out that well, there's this big storm and Santa can't land. And so they're going to have to do, I can't, oh, what was it called? Uh, there's a there's a code word for, I think it's eggnog or something. I can't remember what it is. But if, if, if they, if he's not going to be able to land, then because the house isn't prepped, then they have to skip over that kid. And so, of course, Wayne feels really guilty because it's his fault. And so, you know, I, I'm kind of spoiling this for you, but you <laughs> know you what? It's there, a Christmas this, this movie, so really it's, it's going gonna, it's it gonna to go really well. Good. Okay, I'll give you at least that much. The second one is called Naughty versus Nice. And what happens is one of the kids decides she's trying to get off the naughty list. And so she, the year, the previous year, she uh, ends up sabotaging the two coal elves because coal elves go to the houses of the naughty kids and they put coal in stocking. So Santa doesn't even come there. That's their job is to put coal in stocking. Well, she hmm. runs the two elves. Wow, off. that's the ultimate diss from Santa, isn't it? Yeah. Like I just kind of assumed it. it. The kid runs the two elves off. She ends up with their little uh, electronic device and she's decided to hack into Santa's network so that she can change her to the naughty list. Well, unfortunately, when she does that, she overloads the system and everybody gets to put on the naughty list. That's all I'm going to say. Because there's a little nice these, little surprise as to... Um, they're not. Actually, we owned them. And I think we got them from, X, from the Xbox store several years ago. And then we went to look for them this year. And I couldn't access any stuff from my Microsoft store. So I was PO'd. So I huh. ended up going ahead and buying them for iTunes. So I knew I had them forever because iTunes is awesome. So I had to work that plug in there. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I bought them digitally. So we've always talked about buying the DVDs. And we almost <laughs> did this year, and then I thought, you know what? It's just easier to have them digitally sitting out there in the cloud. I can get them whenever I want. So hmm. oh, yeah, that's what we did this week. One of the things we did this week. Is that your major Christmas festivity? Kind of. I mean, today we went to Winter Wonderland out at the lake. You know, oh, yeah. the big yeah, drive-through yeah, drive Christmas display for to benefit um, Tark. We went to that last weekend. Audi was not impressed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. My kids love it. He liked the he liked the razzle dazzle glasses. So once we got, oh. <laughs> I think he didn't like waiting in line to get into it. Oh, what night did you go on? It's like a Saturday. Yeah. Oh, so it was probably a really yeah, long. So See, we went busy. tonight. And it was we we went right in. Oh yeah. See, I think if we would have gotten right in with the glasses, he would have liked it the whole time. But then, yeah. That weight's hard, especially it, for a four or five year old. Yeah, and it had been a long day for him already. I guess. Uh, I, think, I guess so. Yeah. But they like Wonder Wonderland. They did. We've we've gone practically every year. I think we've missed a couple of years. But you know, they they, they their favorite thing is they're already talking about the tunnels because you need know, to drive through these tunnels yeah. that are completely lit up. And and of course, you know, the, they're so excited about the tunnels. They're looking for the tunnels that I think they miss half the displays. Yeah. But you know, whatever. That's their thing. We went to Kansas City to see the IMAX showing of Hobbit. Mm. That's what we did today. What did you think? It was good. I don't know if. I don't think I was. I don't think we were charged extra for the IMAX because it was like we went to the high frame rate 3D version, so it was like already an th- extra three bucks or whatever. It wasn't an IMAX ratio. Really? Yeah. Standard ratio. Oh, I hope you didn't get charged full price then, because I'd have been upset if that. It, was I, we were charged twenty th- or thirteen something a piece, but it was not IMAX. Like we had trailers that were IMAX ratio. And this was not. Oh, I'd have been disappointed. So back up a step. Maybe you, you saw this get in the town? 3D version. No, you don't get the you Kansas City. You went to Kansas City. Yeah, we went to Kansas and a high City. High frame rate and high the whole rate. shebang. And yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't. IMAX Maybe they ratio. can't do high frame or high, high frame rate in IMAX yet. Maybe they can't no, that's how I saw the first shoe. Huh. It was on an IMAX screen. It was nice and big, but it wasn't full. 
there was black bars. You had kind of a letterboxing effect. Yeah, huh. kind of like when we saw uh, the first half of Catching Fire. Exact same thing. Hmm. I think I'd have complained. I money back definitely would have. Uh, I, when I looked at the ticket, I was like, well, that's not that much more than normal. Huh. <laughs> we only paid... Maybe you paid the 3D rate. You didn't pay the IMAX rate. Maybe, but it was on an IMAX screen because it was the same theater we went to saw both Hunger Games movies. Oh. Same exact room. But you liked it? Oh, yeah, it was good. I saw it this week, too. I went on opening day with a friend of ours at work. He was going, and I thought, you know what? They've got an 11 o'clock showing. This is an opportunity for me to be able to go to a movie after work. Did you go see work. the 3D high frame rate? We did not see the 3D version. I, I really like the high frame rate. Was it good? Yeah. I see, like, I still I, haven't seen it. In it's it's, it's pretty rate. impressive. Uh, and, of course, the 3D, after about 30 minutes, my eyes adjust and I don't notice it anymore. Although these glasses, I don't know if it's because it was the high frame rate, you tilt your head too much. Like, I tried to pop my neck a couple of times, and it all went out of focus. Probably has something to do with scan lines or something. Yeah, it must. It was... You could not move your head at all or rotate it or anything. You pretty much had to look straight on, and oh. otherwise it would look like you were wearing glasses. Uh, it's my least favorite of the three films, I'll say. I would right agree. Now. Um, I think one of the it's things all is flash and very little substance. There is little substance, and for me, there wasn't really anyone for me to root for. Yeah, well, I mean, you know the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thorin, you kind of know how it's going to go too. Yeah, yeah I, and I don't, I don't like, I didn't like Thorin for the first half of the film. We well, are not supposed to, and yeah. so I had no one to root for besides for Bilbo. Yeah. Well, in, in Gandalf, I mean, yeah. he's out of it. He's off doing something chunk. else. Yeah. yeah. Well, Other- he has to be rescued. So. Yeah, <laughs> we won't say any more than that. Did you Did you have the Star Wars trailer in front of it? We did not get the. Star we Wars got trailer the Star Wars trailer and 3D. Oh wow! Ooh. Okay, you know how before I was very excited about Jurassic Park yeah. and optimistic about Star Wars. Yeah, reverse it. Oh, wow. this made. I don't know if it was just seeing it on the big screen or seeing it in 3D that truly sold me on it. I'm down 100. percent I think that's I what I'm waiting for. Is I, th- I think I'm waiting for that. <laughs> on the screen? On the on the computer screen, maybe it's like, it's oh, that could same. be a fan film. Yeah. This is the real thing. Wait, I, I, I think that's what it is. I think I have to suspend until I get into a theater in the dark, full of people, and big screen, and then the Falcon rumble hits me in the chest <laughs> as it goes, wow! It, it didn't that, even, that, that will be spoilers. my, my It didn't even take that far. <laughs> the, the rolling ball droid, I was like, yes. Huh. And the 3D looked gorgeous. Oh, good. I heard somewhere that was a practical maybe I'll, effect. Maybe, maybe I'll see it. Is, it yeah. The rolling ball droid. Maybe I'll see it in 3D. I I, I'm not a proponent of 3D. And 3D so. Jurassic Park in 3D, too. And I'm like, I don't think I need to see that one in 3D. Hmm. But I think I need to see Star Wars in 3D. Well, we well, I've always been a proponent of Star Wars in 3D. Oh, it makes sense. I mean, that that's... that's even, they invented 3D for Star even, Wars. Uh, it's just, quite frankly... Jupiter Ascending in 3D, too, and I'm like, I don't think I need to see that Quite frankly, I love the episode the uh, episode 1 Phantom Menace in 3D. Now, it was obviously converted to 3D, and yeah. so you had some of that flat screen I didn't look, realize he was filming it in 3D. Is he? I don't know. Or are they... If, if they upgraded there might be it... Enough, there might be enough computer-generated effects in it that it didn't matter. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe all the uh, computer stuff will look 3D and then everybody else looks like <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd have taken more time with Phantom Menace. I really wish they'd have. I wish they'd have hired James Cameron to come in I and say, can you do a frame-by-frame-up conversion like you did for Titanic? Because Titanic looked phenomenal and Phantom Menace did not. But, yeah. oh well. I enjoyed it. Hobbit was good. Yeah, I, I, I thought The Hobbit was a good movie. It just, it's the, it's my least favorite of, of 
all of them. I think this. I think Smaug is my favorite. Me the, too. The, the middle part. Me yeah. too. Me three, but I haven't seen. Although I, 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 I did like the first one a lot. I, I really liked overall the entire trilogy so far more than Lord of the Rings. And I've said before that I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. The movies did not impress me. So now I'm going to go watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy and see if I have a different perspective on it. We should do a marathon where we watch the extended cuts of The Hobbit and The Hobbit 2 and The Hobbit 3. See, I'm thinking of going back and rewatching. The Hobbit extended like cuts. Epic risk and stratego. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just spend three weeks watching Lord of the Rings stuff. I'm thinking for my my rewatch of Lord of the Rings, I'm not going to do extended. I'm just going to watch the theatrical because at this point, I've not seen any extended cuts of anything. And then when the Hobbit last Hobbit extended cut comes out, then maybe go back and rewatch all of them in extended. I like the extended cuts. Although you know, I'll tell you to be quite honest with you, now having seen all three. Hobbit movies, I think that I still would prefer to watch them in the order that they've been presented as opposed to the yeah. the the chronological order per se, because I think it kind I think of, it uh, would kind of lose something because the special moments as with, I think uh, how Star- the prequels of Star Wars yeah. kind of I, I think some of the, the special moments are these look back type things to the films, but look forward to what you know we can expect. And I kind of like that idea of the prologue after the main event. You know, so. after any of these movies, this is the one that I've walked away with the most questions. I guess I'm the only one from, from Battle of Five Armies. I had more questions after this film than any of the others. Are you going to present any of those questions? Well, I don't want to spoil anything. I want to wait until Sean right, we'll Well, okay. I well, read the book. One of the, well, I don't know how much of this is from the book. Some of some of the questions are like, well, what's up with uh, Kate Blanchett? I don't quite understand her character. Maybe because I don't remember her well enough from Lord of the Rings and her abilities. Um, is Sauron? He's the actual person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wizard. The wizard. Christopher Lee. Sauron the White. Sauron. Saruman. 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 Yeah. Saruman. Saruman the White. Has and he... shame on you, Tolkien, for giving us two villains yeah, that's... with such similar names. <laughs> so confusing. Yeah. Has he been evil the entire time? Like in The Hobbit? Or is when we see him in this film after that event is what is that turns him evil? Or has he been working on behalf of Saruman, or Sauron the well, whole time? I think that the, the Hobbit films... In, started out implying that he was already on the path. By this one, I got the impression that the reason why he ends up becoming evil is because of the events. Is because of leaving to go pursue. See, I I think a lot of that wasn't clear enough for me at least. I kind of got that out of this. Some of that could be also my not being as familiar with the quote-unquote original trilogy. Although that's only used for Star Wars. (laughs) There's one trilogy. <laughs> There's one return of, and it ain't the king. <laughs> it's it's the, the Jedi. Jedi. So anyway, um, Sean, what'd you do this weekend? Well, speaking of movies that needed a little trimming, I watched Das Boot. Oh gosh, <laughs> which I'd never seen. It's not near as epic as taking on Birth of a Nation, but yeah, it's uh, uh, and, and it's apparently only available now in the uh, restored extended director's cut, which Ooh. includes sixty minutes of extra footage. And it's all in German, right? 
Uh, no, I watched it in English. Oh, okay. You I mean, don't have to watch it. German, you don't have German. to watch it in German. Is it, it dubbed? Uh, yeah. It was filmed German, right? Yeah, it's, yes, it's, 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 it's a foreign film. Um, but it's Wolfgang Peterson who directed Air Force One and In the Line yeah. of Fire and you know a bunch of other stuff that I liked. And I, it's just kind of one of those that I've always meant to see. And you know me, I like sub flicks. So I was like, all right, I'm going to watch a submarine movie. And it was good. It was it was really good. It was masterfully shot. It was a, a wonderful, everything you would want in a tight, claustrophobic, submarine, tin can movie. Um, it's one of James Cameron's favorite films. And I can see why. There's there's definitely, you know, Shades of the Abyss uh, uh, in that one. And, um, man, I could have cut probably at least an hour out of that, out of that film. It's, it just, I don't know, there were some nice moments that were like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And then there were some other moments that were, oh, that's really tense. But there was a lot of it that was like, this see, just I, lays here I've and doesn't them, do anything. I've seen them both, and I've always been a fan of Das Boot. But then when I saw the extended director's cut, I sat there and I thought, Thankfully, this was all cut because it. <laughs> There's oh, a reason gosh, it was on yeah, the floor. It's not needed. It's not needed. Yeah. It's just it's more visuals than anything. There's mm-hmm. no. There's not much more substance to the story. You get what you need out of the original. Yeah. The edited version. Yeah. It's, it's, it was. I felt like, I, I, having not seen the theatrical, I don't know, but I just felt like there was a lot of filler <laughs> there. Um, and did I talk about uh, the Deep Sea Challenge last week? No, you What's didn't. It? I watched Deep Sea Challenge. Oh, I saw it on Facebook. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the, the Cameron documentary, speaking yeah. of Cameron, and I've kind of spent the week underwater. Um, <laughs> where, Because uh, you guys know I'm a Cameron fanboy, and um, he's uh, a huge undersea exploration uh, fanatic. In fact, that's why he decided to make Titanic, uh, because the pure nuts and bolts of it is once he sold the idea to the studio, he knew they were going to foot the bill for him to go down. Oh. <laughs> on the dive to get the shots, right. so yeah. that that was kind of how that started. But this was um, he got together and they had the, the same team that he's been using since Titanic to kind of go off and do these little dives, mm-hmm. these deep dives that he's been part of. And he went to the bottom of Challenger Deep, which is in the Mariana Trench. And there have only ever been two guys that were testing some sort of military application sub. They basically put them in the sub and dropped it. <laughs> and they made it to the bottom, and they kicked up such a huge dust cloud that they couldn't see anything. And they were there for 20 minutes, and then they had to head back up. And that was it. But they were the two guys that made it to the bottom. And so Cameron was bound to determine that he was going to go down there. So he, they built a submersible, and he's in a steel pod. You know, just a ball. He's just a gigantic ball bearing on the bottom of this gigantic torpedo that they drop through the water because they decided that instead of building a submarine that would sit horizontally, they were going to build a submarine that would sit vertically because that way it would drop faster. Yeah. That, oh, makes that makes sense. sense. Yeah. You know, and why, why spend all this time descending? I want to get to the bottom and do stuff. Right. And once he gets down there, it kind of maneuvers around and does little things and they find new species of things and they find like 26 new species of, of animals and uh, plankton wow. and stuff. And just, just in a, now the bottom spoilers, it looks like every other undersea epic you've ever seen. It's flat and gray. It looks like the moon underwater. There's nothing <laughs> exciting on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> but, but we keep going back. We keep going back, and I think we should. Um, and it's just he's, he's just an amazing... I have nothing but respect and admiration for this guy because he's such a proponent of why not. And that, that's one of the things that just I get so excited over this stuff. And he said for years, we have the technology to go to Mars. Why aren't we going? You know, and he's a an explorer in residence at National Geographic just because they've kind of said, yeah, you're going, so here. <laughs> we'll publish anything you bring back. And he's like, okay. Um, I just, it, it was a cool, little, a cool little film. It was amazing to watch and kind of see that just, you know, the mindset of, well, let's do it. 
Yeah. You know, and the fact that they had to design cameras that would work under 37,000 yeah. feet of water. And he comments on the way down, you know, 4,000 feet. He goes, that's, that's the depth that Bud Brigman hit in the abyss. And he's not even a third of the way there yeah. yet. You know? <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, you're really going to. So that was cool. I enjoyed that. That was, that was my TV viewing this week. That was pretty much all I did on that front. We didn't do much else. We got a um, ton of our Christmas shopping done. I think we've only got a couple more things to do. But um, this weekend was crazy out there. Yeah, oh, man. Jeez. We were we were some of them out stay there away shopping. From, stay away from Watermaker. Luckily, Florida we were done Pico. too. Yeah. Boy. Um, fortunately, actually, Holly went yesterday morning and just kept sending me text after text like, "I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did this." <laughs> and then she said, "Okay, your turn." In the afternoon, I went. And it was bad. And then came home, and then by evening, actually, I went to. I took advantage of some of the late hours last night because a lot of stores were oh, open until yeah. like mid, eleven and midnight and stuff. I actually had to go to Best Buy and uh, get the kids' presents. They won't listen to this. I'm not going to say what they are, <laughs> but um, Caitlin will know if she hears this. Uh, but we went to. Uh, I went to Best Buy, and actually, it was that was finally. I mean, it was still for eleven o'clock at night. It was still crazy busy, but it was it wasn't. Bad. <laughs> Everybody's out there doing that last minute shopping. We were so at, be we careful. Were at Best Buy earlier in the day, and it was. Walked in, saw what we needed right away, went over to the cashier, and it was a long line still. There's no browsing. You can't yeah. browse on a day like this weekend. Yeah. No. We, ha- we had to do a little bit of browsing trying to figure out some things because it was we were trying to search things out of if we can find it or not. Right. And then ended up just ordering them online. <laughs> <laughs> the last bit of shopping that I had to do this week was uh, gift cards. Nice. I'm done. I am D1 with all of my That's Christmas shopping. Left, gift cards. And so I knocked that out, which was which was pretty awesome. Now, I still work on Wanamaker. <laughs> That's a whole Have you guys been story. really busy? We've been, yeah. We've been really insane. Uh, in fact, yesterday, a, a busy, busy, busy day for us is usually around seven grand. Um, we've already hit 10 and 12 a couple of times already this season. Wow. And yesterday they did 16-something. Oh, my. So, you were off yesterday. And I was off yesterday. Which yeah, I you feel, were grateful. Well, <laughs> I actually feel really guilty about being off for it because I wasn't supposed to be off Saturday. Clearly it was the busiest oh, day for them. No. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was off Thursday, Friday, and not, not I was supposed to be there Saturday. Yeah, Mel's been uh, recovering, yeah. too. So yeah, That's the other thing that we did this week yeah. is Mel had her surgery, and um, everything went well. For the most part, um, the surgery itself is fine, and she's she's okay. The after effects have been a little rough, and was it to the painkillers? Was that what was causing? Honestly, we're we're still not sure. Um, the, you know, because we, we thought maybe it was a mixture of this or that or the other thing, and and, and I I can't get a straight answer out of anybody. So of course I was going out of my gourd. Sure, well, yeah. You know, I just you know she's less concerned with it than I am. She's just like I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. And I'm like, no, it's not everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, we came but home. In that situation, you feel so helpless. So yeah. finding an answer is the only thing just, you can well, do. And that, that's kind of how I've always been. I'm one of those guys that's like, you give me a problem, I'll go fix it. Yeah. You know, especially in a relationship. If what's wrong, I want mm-hmm. to fix it. Yeah. And this isn't something I can oh, yeah. fix. I just kind of have to be supportive, and I'm not well, good at that. I tell I'm you, I really saw your post about her not being able to keep anything down, and I said, well, what do you think it is? And she says, it could be this, 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 this. And she named off like 10 yeah. things. And she said, it's really hard to tell, and unless you eliminate those 10 things... You'll, you won't know. And yeah. she said, it, I wouldn't be surprised if by uh, the following day after that, that she's improved at least 20% and feeling better and keeping stuff down. And, of course, Mel said that you know she was able to yeah. keep toast down. She, so. She's still not eating, which is yeah. the problem. I think all she's had today is like a slice of toast. She's so weak by doing that. But, but sometimes yeah. you just, if you can't keep you it, can't it, it's yeah. like you're doing yeah. it. 
But yeah, she said that, and I said, she said, I said, so no advice, and she says, well, I mean, I can give her the same advice anybody else can give her, but you, you'll never, never be able to narrow that down unless, unless it's lingering. She said, if after three days she hasn't been able to keep anything down, then th- that narrows the scope. But yeah. she said, on, on a day after surgery, yeah, she said that's pretty typical. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we weren't sure if it was you know the anesthesia or or this or that or like you said those ten different things, but uh, yes, yesterday was was pretty rough um, on on me. I mean, I knew in the hospital it was just she's in the bed. I'm going to sit next to her. That's pretty much all there is. Play with the iPad. I got a whole bunch of Doctor Who Legacy unlocked. <laughs> Let me tell you, Bob. We'll talk about that. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but then coming home, it was just you know, you know, getting her up and walking her and making sure everything was was okay, and then sitting down and exhausted and. We'll watch another hour of Das Boot. We'll get up and we'll walk some more. <laughs> Sit down and watch another hour of Das Boot. Get up and watch some more. Another you hour of Das Boot. Das Boot with you? Um, well, I had to go back. So it was kind of like, uh, I'm going to start this. You okay with that? Sure, I don't care. She's probably, she was probably so miserable she just didn't care. She, she didn't care and she wasn't. She, she was miserable after the fact, too. <laughs> well, I'm glad she's feeling better because yeah. that's, that's tough. Yeah. So, But, uh, yeah, she's slowly getting there. And I, I think today, like you said, probably... Maybe about 10, 15% better than yesterday. Yeah. So, And keeping stuff Luckily, down, she has now. a long time to recover. Before yeah, she she's got go three weeks work, off. So. So. Well, that means we probably won't be going to the Hobbit anytime soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. That's about all I did this week. I mean, you know, just getting ready for Christmas. I, I beat Arkham Origins. Hey, Finished the story, at least. Mm-hmm. I, it was pretty good. Uh, I mentioned uh, last week or so that it reached a point where I wasn't sure if I liked where it went. I felt like that should have been the end, but then I had, there was still like thirty more minutes or so of gameplay if you don't include um, uh, Enigma stuff. So, so no more side just straight plot. Yeah, there was like thirty minutes. Well, and, and then I was able. I had all my equipment, so I could go do all the Enigma stuff, which is what I did. And then it was like by the time I got back to the main story, it was like thirty to forty minutes, maybe an hour, and then I was done. And it felt a little anticlimactic compared to what came before. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those things. I have like one more mission left to do, which was a bunch of like 20 inmates escape from Blackgate, so I got to go capture them. Oh. It ends tonally, it ends nicely because it kind of ends with Gordon trusting Batman and Bruce and them wanting to reopen Arkham Asylum, which is kind of a nice little post credits thing but overall it was it's a fun game it's it's worth playing but compared to the other two not as good overall just what your appetite for arkham knight yeah (laughs) anything else all right so let's move on to news news boy have we got some news for you lots of news lots of news uh steven moffat let slip the first the title of the first episode of series nine the Magician's Apprentice. Spoilers for anybody who didn't want to know that. <laughs> uh, we 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 had a long standing of. I tell we, you, we don't consider titles spoilers. I can't. Yeah. I, it's hard to get excited. Yeah, about I was it. gonna say I can't get excited. It's about a good it. Doctor Number Who one, title. knowing it's so far off, I don't imagine we'll get it back on television until at least August. Yeah, and Easter the Saturday. title's kind of yeah, <laughs> the title's sort of ambiguous, so. We'll see. I think, I think it's going to be about be. a magician. And he has an apprentice. With an apprentice. Which can... can, can Copperfield. Re- realistically. Mickey. Mickey. <laughs> it can only mean one thing. Mickey Mouse <laughs> is going to be on Doctor Who. That's the first thought that comes in my mind. 
Strangely, it wasn't the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> that's because that's, that's the Sorcerer's yeah, Apprentice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, no, I had gotten all kinds no, of that's, excited. That's Nick it was Cage. called the Sorcerer's The Sorcerer is no, Nick Cage. No, that piece of junk shit. Actually, it wasn't that bad. I actually bad. haven't seen it. It's, as, much seen as, it? as much as it's, I like Jay Baruchel, I haven't seen it's it. It's not bad. It's, it's not, not bad. bad. All right. Um, it's, it is in tickle, typical Nicolas Cage fashion, goofy fun. Yeah. It looked like more of a goofy fun film than I... I would go in with very low expectations. Despite how serious Nick takes himself. <laughs> he's really sorcering Sometimes. there. And not so much. Good on you, Nick. Good on you, Nick. What else is in the news? Uh, Doctor Who Legacy has dropped some non-television companions. And so and have non- I. <laughs> and non-comic companions. Yeah. Yay! We finally got a big finish companion. Yes. Charlotte Pollard. And how appropriate that we just... just <laughs> finished yep. that that run, and it was then she shows kind of up. Satisfying to get her right after we had done just on yeah. the heels of our review of Girl Who Never Was. I haven't played a lot with her yet, but I haven't. I levered, le- levered. I leveled her up to eleven so that I could get her star, but um, another star because you get a star when you drop. Yeah. Um, and I I have all the perks unlocked that are not viable perks now, mm. so I got everybody up uh, high enough to have. I think it's 320 stars to unlock that final uh, section in the perks, in the third tab of the perks. Mm. So perks three. And then um, I think I talked about last week I did purchase one of the S perks. Uh, yeah, I think you did. I think so. maybe I purchased two. I can't remember. Anyway, and so I have all of the characters. Get some feedback. 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 No, not that kind of feedback. Oh. That's my feedback. I hear it now. There go. There it went away. All right. Um, yeah, somebody might have been getting a message or something. Anyway, um, so yeah, I've dropped everybody. I've got everybody you can possibly get. I did figure you out Cinder. I have Cinder. Uh, I did figure out the other day. Yeah, Cinder's our, which is the our other, other one, which has really invigorated me to read Engines of War now. Yeah, so that's... let's get that on the schedule <laughs> quickly, please. <laughs> Because <laughs> I really want to read that now. Okay, that's that. Uh, that's the War Doctor. War Doctor. Yeah. I, I didn't look at the schedules at all. Not for uh, January. <laughs> not for January. Oh, is that all you got? We could do it for, we could do it for February if huh? you wanted. Yeah. We could do it maybe a gal, galley week. I'd love to do it for February because oh, yeah, be that way, if I don't get it read, if uh, you guys aren't we going, can review it. you can review it. And yeah. I'll try and read it on the plane. And but I'm really intrigued about yeah. the character just based on the drop, and, I, and of course we got the costumes day. So, yes. which is the same costume, just different pose, <laughs> as far as I could tell. So, uh, and and they cre- they designed her based off the novel just for this. They there is no other. This is the first image true of Cinder. And, and, and do you know who was involved in, in creation of said image? Nicholas Briggs. No. Oh. Um, Brian, uh, Brian Unga. Brian Unga. One of the, one of the guys that uh, is a co-owner with Paul Salamov of the. The Tartar oh, console. well, that's nice. neat. Yeah, I think specifically oh, the gun. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking the, about. The gun. Oh, is, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I think specifically is, is oh, his okay. contribution to that's that or the cool. costume, something to that effect. But I was very pleased when I saw I follow the actress on uh, Instagram. She does a lot of cosplay stuff. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. She's a, um, she does a really good April O'Neil. Oh, cool. From the cartoon series. I'm, her name is blanking. I'm trying to went back through. Uh, went back to... Uh, Chapter four, because I thought I'll play a couple of these levels again and realized that I, I thought I had everybody. I had not dropped Robin Hood, the Robin Hood proper, because I have the fan Robin yeah, Hood. Robin Hood, Hood. So I got him dropped 
yesterday, and then it occurred to me that they also in the advent calendar after Astrid uh, Perth uh, came in, in one of our advent calendars. You can now get her pixelated costume in the uh, oh. Zygons one. So I went back and got her costume <laughs> for that as well. Huh. Oh, and we got Mickey, too. Oh, and I dropped... How quick did that come yeah, after that, that reveal? That was cool. That was really cool. I was all excited about that. I thought about Time Lord Ben's uh, uh, inter- or not interview, uh, correspondence, and then you bringing up the fact that he had to uh, tweet, Yes, I'm okay tweet. with it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I did. I finished two more fan areas. I uh, dropped two characters in two more not fan, fan areas expert? Uh, expert levels. So nice. yeah, it's tough. They're they're tough. They're so tough. And I've played a bunch of them, but haven't. Been you know, uh, inspired by your story, I went and played an expert level. I don't remember which one it was now. Uh, and there were there were um, Suntar and Battlefleet cruisers, and I'm pounding on them, pounding on them, pounding on, them, hanging on. We got my tank team in, hanging on by the skin of my teeth, and I beat one of them finally. And the character drops. Ding! Oh, I hate it. drops in the thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, sweet, but there's still one That's more thing so to go, worst. right? So I'm panning on it, panning on it. And now that I don't have both of them tag-teaming me, it's like, okay, okay, okay. And I beat it. And I was like, yes, I'm done! Wave Not one? Level. I lay, yeah. Wave one of three. <laughs> one of three. You <laughs> betcha. Oh, I know. I've been there. And it was oh. just like, oh. And then I died. Like, Who is real the drop on that? Do you remember? I, I can't remember. remember I, the I think, it, I think it was the Matt Smith one. Okay. The Matt Smith expert. No, I don't, that wasn't. No. Well, maybe it was. No, because I got the Matt Smith, and that was... You didn't fight Sontaran ships? I don't remember fighting Sontaran ships. Yeah, I, I don't remember. No, that's that one that... I, it was Zygons, and I kept, they kept spawning the monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, actually, I got um, Amy. I got uh, Expert Level Amy, and I got Expert Level, level Clara, whichever the names of those uh, those particular stories are, or uh, levels are. Well, and then I died, so then I looked at Mel and I was like, should I spend some time crystals to keep going, or not? How far did you get? Well, I died right at the beginning of the next of wave two, of wave two and there's three levels. I she she looked at me and said, "No." I, I said, "Yeah." So I'm just gonna. So I had to well, let that character go. Well, they're 100% drops if you beat the level. Right? They are 100 drops. Yeah. So well, if you uh, my my suggestion is if you have the time crystal and you get to the end of a near the end of, of yeah. defeating yeah. one of those, go ahead and pay for that character. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. But uh, yeah, one one blast into wave two of three was not enough yeah. to get me to commit to that because I knew that especially how hard wave one was. It was like. Eh. That's a rabbit hole I don't want to chase. <laughs> but yeah, Charlie and Cinder. So we've got some new uh, characters that are, are one one from a book and one from uh, Big Finish Audio. So that's exciting stuff. I, I kept think going. the design for Charlie looks great. Oh, it does. How many have you dropped now? That's what I was just going to pull up, actually. Say, 108? No, that's what I have. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't have 108. I'm pretty one. sure I don't have 108. I'm still in the double digits somewhere. Probably um, in the... But I I, I was playing through. I was kind of alternating. Like I'd go in and play Advent Calendar, and then I'd go and play a handful of levels in uh, in chapter three three or five, whatever. Chapter three, season five. (laughs) And then I go play a couple Advent, and then I come back and play some more chapter three, season five. And um, I kept thinking, man, I got to be getting close to the end. I got to be getting close to the end. And I kind of kept waiting for the transition over into uh, Hunt for Greyhound One. Didn't come and it didn't come and it didn't come and then one of them mentions, "Oh, we got we got to go get help. We got to go get. Uh, we need a military mind to defeat a, 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 an army." And I went, "Oh, I'm getting really close." And I kept playing and kept That's playing and kept playing. <laughs> and I finally had to pull it up and I went because I haven't touched Greyhound One because I, right, I right. knew, sto- like I said, story wise, it comes at the end and I didn't want to spoil anything. Right. So I went and pulled up Greyhound One. And man, I'm already like apparently six or seven levels into yeah, Hunt you, for Greyhound One, but there was no transition. Yeah. It just kind no, of no. flowed you, you right into it. Because it's, it all along has been a part of that story. 
And what they did is they just pulled out those ones and made them easier for people that wanted to go ahead and drop. Now, here's my question, then. Does it still count as a separate? Because when I go to the Greyhound one proper and pull it up, only the first episode is available. Yeah, you won't unlock... Greyhound one, unless you play both. That's, that was another reason I'm, I went. And like played I said, through. seven or eight in. Nope, it in will the, not. You have to there. go through. Now, the nice thing is, when you go do Greyhound one, you'll have beefed up enough that those are level thirty. You have to have level thirty at least, and those those will seem a lot easier. So you'll plow through those. The thing is, if you drop a character in chapter three, you will not find that character as a drop in. Uh, Greyhound one because they're not two separate characters. I am ninety six of one hundred and twenty nine characters. So there, you're not too far behind. Cropping up on you, and I unlocked the Whomobile. I was so excited about, and (laughs) you know some other thing, which of course Mel's been playing with forever. I'm like, how did you get it? I don't know. I just got it. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It just happened. I don't know. It just happened. But so yeah, I was I was on quite the tear there for a while, and really, oh yeah, Lexi. (laughs) <laughs> well, some other game news. Yeah. Uh, very fitting after our long Minecraft discussion last week. Wave 2 has come out for the skin packs. Yeah. You already buy yours, Glenn? I haven't bought them yet. We, we got on and looked at them finally. Uh, Saturday. More than 50 new character skins. Because you can actually scroll through them without purchasing yet. Oh, uh, cool. so, yeah, we that looked even has them. a gel guard. Have, oh, you, have you looked at these? I haven't looked at them. What's a gel guard? From the three doctors. The things that are... The big globs of gel that are attacking you at HQ. Oh, you mean the orange crinoids? Yes, yes. The <laughs> no, they're not quite. Yes, they're... No, no, axons the orange, are... Actually, the, yeah, the axons, axons are, the are, green, or, are the orange crinoids. I'm pretty sure they're both crinoids. Now, the gel crinoid. ones are kind of... Oh, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because they've got the little bubble eye things on them. Yeah. Okay. They kind of look like the inside of a Dalek. (laughs) They do a little bit. A little bit. A little more blobby. Well, they were casting molds. A little more blobby and a little less tentacly. Yeah. Hey, you know what? (laughs) We just take the mold out and we'll use that as the next villain. So there's also a Stephen Thorne pack, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) You can get Omega, Azal. I think those are the only two. Yeah, because we decided you can't get Eldred. Yeah, I, I haven't. Yeah, Eldred's not in here. Oh, Alpha Centauri, Mikey, Canine. No Alpha Centauri, Mikey. Every single possible version of the Cybermen. Yeah, which is cool. <laughs> You've got. Uh, let's see, where is it? Cybermen 2012 non Cybus, Cybermen 2013, Cyber Lord, Cybermen 20, 2006 Cybus version. Black Cybermen 1980s, Cybermen 1980s, Cybermen 1970s, Cybermen 1960s version 1, which is the cloth faces, and Cybermen version 60s version volume 2. You may actually buy Minecraft. Keith's a little excited over the <laughs> yeah, Cybermen. That, I'm excited about that. The, the, um, Liz Shaw, Jamie McCrimmon. Are there any doctors in this pack? Uh, no. It has the 10th doctor, 10th yeah. doctor in a suit, 8th doctor, 7th doctor, 5th doctor, 3rd doctor. Oh, that's right. There was a 2nd doctor. That's so you right. ate Palm again. Paul McGann and Cyberman. What more do you need? No, you and Canine. The and uh, Riddick. we almost pulled and the trigger. Thorne. We almost pulled the trigger on it, and then we decided we're going to wait till after Christmas. <laughs> it's only three bucks, but I mean, we thought you know we're, we're going to be frugal now for the next week, and then after Christmas we'll we'll probably pull the trigger and buy the skin pack. So 
They look good, though. They look good. It's in 50, car- 50 is impressive. 50 yeah. is impressive. The last one was only like 20 or something. Yeah, it was if that. real minimal. And this is a lot of classic stuff. Yeah, which I was, is I'm most more impressed with the, the fact that there's so much classic in there. All right, moving on. Moving on. Uh, some guest announcements for area cons and elsewhere. Time Eddie has announced Ellis George for a guest. That's Courtney Woods, for those that don't know. Right. So Courtney the Troublemaker. Yes. Did, did we know Nafti's coming? Did we announce that? Yeah. We did. Okay. Friend I of the show. Friend of the show. About that. My, I saw her picture on there and went, oh, I'd forgotten the death of this one. That was pretty early on. That They've was before, got quite uh, the lineup for yeah. a first year. Yeah. Really impressive. Well, when you're doing just a Doctor Who con, though, you really have to you have to go big. So yeah. Even just getting the Doctor the first year, I'm, I don't think Galley did, did they? I don't think Galley did the first year that they I were. Out. I don't know. It's kind of and they've had years since where they haven't oh, had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's before my time. <laughs> and then local Kansas City Con, Planet Comic Con, announced Karen Gillian. Yay! So that's three Who guests this year. So far. Two and a half. Two and a half. Well, she showed up. <laughs> she showed up. That's why I say she gets a half. She had a whole episode before. <laughs> That's true. She, she did get a quiet day. She was there long before she was Gwen, Gwen Cooper. That's true. See? She, she was showing up twice. Yeah. Well, three times if you count the two porter twice. Three times if you count the two porter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But then she's trapped there with Ianto in the hub, so. Doesn't get to do anything. Three Till times on Doctor Who. Till the end. Yeah. So. That's exciting. So, be, 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 yeah, being in three episodes see. of Doctor Who pretty much puts you on Dorium. <laughs> <laughs> right there. It's true. He only had three also. Which is also... Uh, Karen, uh, is no, it, Dorian's got four. Was it four? Oh, no, no. I, I, keep, I keep wanting to say whether... whether Wedding and Ruther's song was two stories, and no, it's not. One, it was only one. one. Yeah. I keep thinking it was a two-part. Good Man Goes to one. War. He wasn't in Let's No, Go he was in... Uh, he was in Big Bang. Big Bang, yeah. Big Bang, that's, that's the other, other one. Account, yeah. I was thinking that... Uh, Big Bang, Good Man. Or was it Pandorica Opens? Which, whichever. Uh, I think it was... Big it Bang. was Pandorica, yeah. Because, Pandorica? yeah, that's when she goes and gets the... I know it happened time, before, yeah. but I didn't know she if goes and saw gets it the time, before. Um, she gets in time to manipulate yeah. from him. Manipulator, yeah. Time yeah, so Pandorica and Good Man Goes to War and Wedding. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. But yes, we're excited about Karen because that'll be really, really cool. Especially if we get a meter. I get a meter again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get a little more substantial meter this true. time. <laughs> well, and there's a kind of a Guardians of the Galaxy presence now. Yeah. Which is exciting. Her. Michael Rooker. Oh, Michael Rooker. They announced Michael, Michael Rooker. Rooker. Oh, oh, I did know that. I did know that. And yeah. Sean Gunn. Yeah, I did know that. Brother of Brother director. Of, and yeah. who? Michael Rooker's sidekick. And let's be honest now. I'm going to throw my Ian McKellen card out there from last year. So you've got Sean Gunn, who's the brother. You've got Michael (laughs) Rooker. And you've got Karen Gillian. What are the odds James Gunn might just show up? That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. He's going to be a little busy. And you can bring Chris Pratt. I follow him on Instagram. He's not that busy. He's not that busy. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's busy worried about what he's going to do for Guardians of the Galaxy too. He's relaxing. If you if you listen to if you listen to a lot of the interviews he's done recently, especially since we've got another circuit of uh, interviews and stuff because Guardians oh, came, came out, out on, on Blu-ray, Blu-ray yeah. a few weeks ago. He's he, he keeps he keeps alluding to the fact that he's 
losing sleep over <laughs> what he's going to do with Guardians 2. That he has some ideas, but he's not sure he's going to pull them off. Speaking well, maybe of- we can uh, spread out the bad guy trifecta instead and get uh, Lee Pace. Oh, I'd be all right with that. <laughs> I wouldn't have him sign for Guardians. You know, no. Holly finally watched Guardians <laughs> with this on uh, yeah. Friday night, and uh, <laughs> her she, first she, yeah, her first viewing, and she's always she's 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 always been skeptical about about it, but kind of relaxed on the whole being apprehensive about. I don't think this is something I'm going to like. When so many people liked it, it did so well. She thought, okay, maybe I will like it, and she did. She ended up enjoying it a lot, but it. I still sat there and watched this film this time going, how can this film be so good and Slither be so bad? I don't understand <laughs> this. Because Slither isn't bad. Slither isn't bad. No, it's <laughs> if Slither had a different color palette, it would be Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> no, 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 no. If Slither wasn't a B-horror movie, it would be Guardians of the Galaxy. If you guys' minds weren't clouded by Nathan Fillion, then... Slither would be a terrible movie. If Nathan Fillion wasn't in it, it would have been a bad movie. And I'll say that. It would have been a worse movie. <laughs> he was the I, only redeeming quality of that well, film I think, was Nathan Fillion. I don't know if I'd ever say Slither was a good film. <laughs> if, it's in the vein of Toxic Avenger good. No, it's much better than Toxic Avenger. Well, yeah, better. But, but See, I, I think it's incomparable because it's not that campy and it's not that <laughs> big. Uh, but if, if Nathan, that's what he's trying to do. If Nathan Fillion wasn't in Slither, would it be a worse film? Yes. If you replaced Nathan Fillion with, I don't know, Eric Roberts, yeah, it's going to be a worse film. If you replace Nathan Fillion, period, it's going to be a worse anything. That, that's, 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 that's a given. But that's kind of like, well, what if we listen to this audio and Paul McGann wasn't in it? Well, yes, I established that Nathan Fillion's <laughs> the best thing in the movie. Come on. And he, he does not He's make super great. roles that are so much better, yeah. He doesn't make super great, which is James Gunn's uh, follow-up. So I, I haven't seen super great either. It's not as good. Should we move on to feedback? I got, I got, well, I got to, to, let me finish up with the news first, oh, and then sorry. we'll go back to James Gunn. So, um, the one more, one more <laughs> set of guests. We are James not Gunn. going back to James Gunn. No, we're going to go back to James Gunn. <laughs> one more set of guests, uh, Galley. I don't remember if we talked about this or not. They announced Alex Kingston. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, but that's been a couple of weeks. We, 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 we didn't, didn't say talk anything. about it. I don't think yeah. we didn't talk about yeah. it. I think it was just last week. I um, stopped paying attention. To and then before I, we recorded, because I remember you know, we need to mention it on the show. I don't think we did. Um, and then uh, a couple more, uh, I don't want to say minor, but uh, uh, kind of behind-the-scenes people, including Rachel, how do we decide her name was pronounced? Talalay? Talalay. Talalay, who just directed... Um, That's pretty cool. Uh, the Cyberman two-parter yeah, at, the, yeah. at the end of season eight. Yeah. And I didn't realize also directed uh, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, and Tank Girl. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. I think she's Tank Girl. Big directing presence coming to Galley, which is, which is kind of cool. You know, we didn't talk about in the news... We're still in the news. Oh, good. Well, because we're... Oh, yeah, you're right. We are. We haven't moved on yet. Good. <laughs> so we didn't talk about North Korea. And, and what we did this and, week? And, yeah, that whole mess. That should have been what we did this week. <laughs> we all went... Sony? Facepalm. Facepalm. Big, big facepalm to Sony. Um, a, for negotiating, and B, for... I mean, it's a lose-lose situation for really him. I, I, I get that. Because if they didn't cancel it, everybody would be mad at him for placing the almighty dollar ahead of the theater patrons and blah, blah, blah. And it would've, they would have looked like bad guys. And so they canceled it. And everybody's like, oh, you're commanding, to, you're giving it to the terrorists, and blah, blah, blah. Now, what upsets me is that like Alamo Drafthouse and a couple of the places decided that they were going to show Team America. Yeah. <laughs> and then Paramount pulled the plug yeah. on that and said, no. It's like, really? Come on. Yeah. Now we're getting a little ridiculous. This yeah. is just too much. 
So, I question some of the reports that come out because why would Sony have some of that information? I, I wonder how many people are just making some up of what information. Well, like something about a Marvel film that doesn't have anything to do with Sony. I saw from a Sony leaked email. I was like, what well, doesn't make any sense at all? Well, number one, they're always like, in uh, talks with other <coughs> studios. So there's, I mean, that could... But it's not like a Spider-Man related thing. thing. It was like, uh, I don't I don't remember who. I don't remember now. I, I just saw several sto- stories that are like, why is that well, I take a lot of that with a grain of salt anyway. Because, I mean, again, as I, I talked about last week of the idea phase of things, and you can't get excited yeah. in the idea phase of anything. Yeah. A lot of stuff that probably came out of Sony was... Way in the idea phase. Oh, by the way, did you mention the Doctor Who theme park's already built in London and it's done? It's not. <laughs> but I, let me let me let me. Let, can I jump on that real quick? Yeah, since you brought it. it up. I did listen to uh, or I did watch uh, Adipose TV this week, which uh, Sue Cummings, Lee Cummings, and and I, I, I forgive me, I forget the man's name, but their liaison with the BBC that gets all of the licensing through mm-hmm. and helps them with that. He, he shall be named did Bob. Bring up the fact that that is a real deal, and it is beyond the idea phase. But it is, as we alluded to last week, Paramount is building a theme park and in the UK, and this is a proposed land that is already the the, the 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 writing is on the paper. It's already been signed. So so it's this Doctor will this is not a Doctor Who theme park. No. This is a Paramount theme park yeah. with in the same vein as Harry Potter is a small piece of Universal Studios theme park. This will be the same I don't know if you'd idea. Say small, but all right. Yeah, we'll <laughs> well, it, it, well it, it now, that park. It's, now that it's in two park, parks, but it's small. Trust me, I've been there. Um, but it's it's it, being its own, you know, part of the the grand theme park. That's the idea here: is that there'll be a Doctor Who land. Actually, it's more of a a BBC land. So the Doctor Who part of it probably will be even smaller than the Harry Potter Potter Park is to Universal yeah, because it's they're also Sherlock, talking about including yeah. Sherlock. But some of the BBB. BBC titles have already been signed off as part of the experience within this theme park. The so I, I, no, I'm backing Fox. off a little. Bit no, uh, more. Universal. I'm okay. backing off a little bit more of. of I, I, I'm, I'm siding now on the side that this sounds like this is a more of a done deal. It's just not as grand as I think that article. No, yeah, no, the no. articles are in the headlines. Well, what'll be awesome is that, you know the the only part of the theme park will just be the TARDIS. That'll be it, and everybody will be disappointed. But if you actually go inside. It's bigger. It's a whole other park. It's a whole other park. So the reason I brought and Mel, I must give her some credit for this one because I think there's some some credence here. The email hack and all the Sony information is a horrible, horrible thing that's going on with them. I can't help but wonder. And she said this. It almost feels like this bit with the the interview portion of that. They're not releasing the film feels like them trying to spin off of a bad situation. Like, we're already being dragged through the mud. Let's create an event film <laughs> and try and, and she almost, and I can almost see it, that the whole, oh, we're not going to release this and it's because of this and blah, 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 and the email hackers are doing all this kind of stuff, that that's all made up. And it's just it's, it's just a publicity stunt yeah, to push the interview. And it's like, I can almost see that. If they hadn't, not... Uh, if they hadn't pulled the interview, I that's would, dangerous. I would that's dangerous, oh, yeah, I agree. dangerous territory to get into and to, to pull a stunt like that just on the basis of publicity, because that really puts the almighty dollar up in front of 
safety and security and, and duping well, and as, the yeah. public. Especially it's considering ridiculous. the movie was already controversial to begin with. Yeah. Well, and it was, I mean, let's be honest. Who among us was really jonesing to go out and see this thing? I this wasn't. The thing is, this thing's But now gonna, it's the number one talked about film in the world. Money I'm still not going to watch it. Most films because of, of this basically publicity. Yeah. Any, any publicity is good publicity. Now, the reason I went to that story is so that we could go back to James Gunn. Did you see the photo? You talked about him not doing anything. Did you see the photo he posted this week? It was this little scratch pad. It was Guardians of the Galaxy, two ideas. Who is Quill's father? And he had all these names on his list, Darth Vader and -and so-and-so, Thanos. And then one of them was King John, and he crossed it. I went, nope. (laughs) That's the funniest thing. Yeah, I did see that. I died because I was I was just I had been devouring story after story after story about the Sony thing in the interview and I couldn't believe that it had gotten to this level because I, I didn't I wasn't following that like you guys probably were I got that all in one info dump in one did. night yeah. we at least being in the news have gotten a, a progression of the of the story unfolding and 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 it just—it was like, what is the deal here? And it was just one after another. It's getting worse, getting worse, and getting more crazy and more insane. And then James Gunn, and it was like, dude, you are awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's when I stopped back? reading. That's when I was just, the capstone. I'm done. <laughs> Can't go any further. Feedback. First up, Ben sent in some feedback. Let's give it a little. It's oh, no. not audio. Not this week. He says the podcast that never was. Hello, fellow travelers of the vortex. Rather than drone on in my chipmunk like voice, I decided to make you guys do the work this chipmunk week. Type voice? Is he saying his voice sounds like a chipmunk? That's what he's saying. Oh, I'm not, I'm well, not I saying think that. So <coughs> Ben is saying that, and I agree oh. with Glenn. I don't. I don't think so. And read for me. Could we put a chipmunk filter on Keith? Yeah, we can. <laughs> so that we can really illustrate Hurry, go, to Ben. Go get we the- had a chipmunk filter on you last week, apparently. I apologize. Remember when I told you we had a little glitch and we had to kind of start and edit real quick? Well, we had that actually came across. And so I apologize to anybody that was listening to our podcast last week. And, oh, I don't know, about uh, an hour and ten minutes in, it started going... <laughs> and then we were in like echo mode for a little while, oh. so I apologize. We had a little bit of a technical gaffe, but I left it in. So because you were saying important stuff, probably <laughs> just in a chipmunk yes, voice. <laughs> just in chipmunk voice? No, no. It chipmunked for about uh, half a second and then went into echo mode. So you don't have any. We echoed for a good minute, but really, yeah. You weren't. You're not funning me. We I'm actually had a technical glitch. <laughs> we actually had a technical glitch in the middle of the show that I left in. Okay. Because apparently we're saying something important. Oh, good. The fireplace is back. Oh, good. The first one must have ended. It ended. I was concerned. <laughs> Look, those logs regenerated. <laughs> There's even a yellow glow. No one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, I, I had noted, based on the last podcast, in order to keep help keep my th- thought at least semi-coherent, wouldn't you know that I lost? Wouldn't you know it? I lost them. I suppose they're adrift in e-space somewhere. Perhaps a backblast will blow them back to me. For now, I shall try and wing it. Either that, or some backwards mathematical genius is going to find these notes and base an entire civilization upon them. (laughs) It will be meaningless to all of us when they rise to glory until you manage to cross back over into the e-space vacuum and discover what you have wrought. I hope you're happy. (laughs) First up... Thanks for the early shout-out in episode 207. Unfortunately, it was not me 
to whom who you are speaking about who who are speaking about legacy. I imagine I sprang to mind due to all the codes I came across lately and tweeted to all tweeted to you all. I personally tried the game and became quickly bored with it. So now I can't remember who it was that tipped me off to try that expert level that I managed to beat. Blasphemy, I know. Maybe I'll give it another go here soon. You need to give it another go. And yes, that was blasphemous. (laughs) (laughs) On to movies. I, too, am a fan of the museum flicks. I've enjoyed them so far. I'm looking forward to the third installment. I was surprised not to hear anyone mention Robin Williams, though. Even before his tragic death, he was my favorite bit of the movies. It will be sad to see him in the newest one, knowing we no longer have him around to make us laugh. I think that was why we didn't talk about it. I think maybe subconsciously we were just Um, staying away from it. You know, I I absolutely adore Robin Williams, um, but I don't think he was my favorite part of the film. He's a a wonderful, warm character in the first film, and a very integral part of the storyline. He's quite removed in the second movie. Yeah, he's there just for being there. Yeah, it's more of a cameo in in a way. Um, But I, I, I hate to say this because... Again, I, I, I idolize Ron Williams, and I think he's such a, a, a talented man. But in these films, he was very—he was a very Robin, Robin Williams-like character. So um, I've kind of drawn. Is he supposed to be like Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, he is Teddy Roosevelt. Well, he's a mannequin of Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Um, but I, I've gone—I've—I've—I've I've, I've drawn very tiresome of the, of him doing those roles, especially since he broke out and did. Things like, well, even this was a little more Robin Williams, but doing Dead Poets Society and then Good Will Hunting and then Awakenings and, Awakenings and, so, yeah. and what was the one-hour photo. And, and so when, oh. he, when, he, when he really started doing things were outside the realm of, of, of being Robin Williams in a film, uh, he, he just blew me away. And so this almost to me is – I'm not putting down his performance as Teddy Roosevelt because it was wonderful. It was, it was quite enjoyable and, and, it, and it made the film enjoyable. But it, it's kind of a backslide as far as characters go. So it, he didn't stick out to me, I guess I should say. He was he was a, a wonderful, warm uh, character that, that I fell in love with as part of the film as a whole. But he wasn't a standout. So that's probably why I didn't mention it. But it is also on the heels of, of a tragedy that unfortunately we will not get any more. Our last – film that we will see with Robin Williams from what I understand will be uh, Night of the Museum, Seeker of the Tomb. I thought there was one that There's one where he's playing the voice of Simon Pegg's dog. <laughs> Great. I kid you not. And, and <laughs> well, that'll be a different show again. It's a different the, role for him. So. Well, I imagine it'll be more of the same honestly, but yeah. I don't care. Well, no, he's <laughs> never Simon, played a dog before. Simon Pegg and Robin Williams? Okay. Yeah, that's a good combination. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Is that absolutely anything? Sure. It's Dennis Boyce, I'm assuming. Yep, that's the last one. Um, the standout character of the, the uh, Night at the Museum is the Easter Island head. Yeah. That's, the, you know, this means nothing to Keith. No. <laughs> nothing. Hey, Dum Dum, give me Gum Gum. Dum Dum from my Gum Gum. <laughs> uh, ben goes on to say, a special thanks goes to you fellows for placing me on the show for the last couple of weeks. Without beating a dead horse, it's safe to say that Chicago TARDIS was a lot of fun. I related only a portion of what we experienced. <coughs> to do it justice would have required much more time. For the thanks goes to those who took a moment to tell me how much they enjoyed my reviews. Now, I have a bone to pick with Keith, I believe. Actually, Ben, it's a bone to pick with Sean. It is a bone to pick with me. Clearly, you, sir, did not heed my advice and check out both my Twitter and Facebook picks, nor... 
did I go and look at Chicago Tardis's Facebook pics. Had you done so, you would have seen the Hall of Daleks along with the Special Weapon Daleks. You, sir, have failed this fandom, said in a Stephen Amell's voice. I probably did not do it justice. You, sir, have failed this fandom. There you go. That's, oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Is that what Arrow sounds like? Uh, when he, he uses his voice modulator, yes. He has a Batman voice. Uh, has a Batman uh, voice. I'm Batman. It's not, but it's 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 better because it's, it's a it's a voice modulator doing it instead of Bruce Wayne just making a gruff voice. I really like how Flash does it. I'm bad dad. <laughs> Can I have some gum? Are you going to swallow it? Yes. Then no. <laughs> I've attached some of my picks to this, but encourage everyone to check out both my picks and Chicago Tardis's picks to see everything. I'll wrap this up. I'd like to say that I'm too excited for the Christmas special, and I only hope that Santa doesn't give Clara Danny back as her gift. He needs to be R.I.P. That's all for now. Later, guys. Yeah. And he well, posed we're gonna, we're gonna, special one. Yeah, we have a picture that we will post uh, on our website. And... Uh, um, Yes, sir. I, I, um, <laughs> you apologize. I, I, I have failed the fandom. Uh, my only defense was school, um, which I know <laughs> I won't be able to use forever. But uh, at the time that the initial report came in over Thanksgiving, it was right before finals. And I I was like, oh, cool, he posted pictures. And that was really as far as I went with it. So um, I am I'm set up suitably uh, chastised. Because the special weapons dog picture is awesome. It is awesome. As is your picture with uh, Camille, Billy, and I blank Mickey. Yeah, that one was good. That was a good I like the, the, no, yes. the, the inside the Dalek one. That is a cool. Yeah, I like in the background of the special weapons, there's a guy's head and one of the Daleks sticking out. Did you see that? Oh, bother. I, I just lost it. Hold on. Who's next? Up next. I just said I lost it. Hold on. And you're going to immediately rush into <laughs> Nobody the Nobody that's listening to this can see the picture, but, so they well, can go they there. They can because it'll be posted. Yeah, but they can But I'm not in my Gmail anymore. Who's next? And I'm supposed Robert. to read the next Robert one. Robert is next. And now you have to wait because it's not loading yet. Robert writes. <laughs> you're just going all out of order, Glenn. Yes. I'm going to get you back for this someday. The, the I put my application. <laughs> I put my application for an artist table at Planet Comic Con this morning. Fingers crossed. Well, we'd be excited if you were able to give one, because we'd be able to see you. I like the idea of Beyond the Doctor. Funny you mentioned Carry On Sergeant. It ran last Saturday on Turner Classic Movies. Another Carry On film is running right now, so I'm guessing TCM is playing the series on Saturdays for the next few weeks. That's good to know. We could have uh, watched it and got it out of the way already. (laughs) But it's not January. That's true. Uh, yeah, but we yeah it would be fresh enough in our mind. Yeah, yeah so we'd have watched other stuff between now and then. If I may, I'd like to offer a few suggestions for the other doctors. Troughton, he was a priest in the original Omen film. He also appeared in one of the 1970s Sinbad films, though not the one with Tom Baker. That would have been epic. <laughs> that would have been epic. Two doctors, one film. Tom Baker, you might think that the other fil- you might think of the other Sinbad film, but also consider Nicholas and Alexandra. I think that's the title. Because it's one of, it's the one that Baker Pitt played Rasputin. We actually talked about that as well. So, Davison, don't know any film that he was in off the top of my head. Of course, there's All Creatures Great and Small. He played the cow that wanted you to eat him in the TV version of <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, that's true. He was also in the two part 
he was also in a two-part episode of Magnum P.I. that was set in the U.K. I did not know I that. I did not know that. Oh, very cool. I didn't know they had one set in the U.K. Well, apparently well so. you can only film palm trees from so many different <laughs> angles before viewership gets bored. Okay. Colin Baker. All I can think of him before he became the Doctor was his role in a third season of Blake 7 as a terror- as the terrorist Bayban the Butcher. Might be hard to find, but a good episode. There you go. Put that on the list there, Sean, because oh. that was one of the ones we were having the most difficulty with. Bayban the Butcher. McCoy. Did you know he's in a Peter Jackson film? Three, I did not actually. know that. I did not the Frighteners. <laughs> that thing that was behind the wallpaper and then under the stairs? That was, that was him, huh? it was It was on the strength of that performance that Stephen Moffat cast him as one of the shrouded Zygons <laughs> in the 50th anniversary. It's a good performance. Uh, yeah. Oscar worthy. Eccleston. He was a bad guy in Elizabeth. Daniel Craig also appeared in that film. Capaldi. After all these years, I still think the role that he played in Local Hero, but... Uh, uh, yeah, think of the role that he played in Local like the Hero. Role. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> After all these years, I still like the role he played in Local Hero, but that's just me. I hope everyone has a ho- happy holiday season. Robert. Thank you, Robert. Thank, Thank you, Robert. Robert. I'm glad Ooh. you're excited about the uh, Beyond the Doctor. We're, we're pretty jazzed about it ourselves. Of course, it's one of those... <coughs> As with many of our ideas that germinates easily and maybe not grow into anything. <laughs> First one's easy. <laughs> then it gets hard. <laughs> I really enjoyed the five minutes he was in that film. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see what we can do. Up next in feedback is Phil. Do I get to read this one now? Go right ahead. Are you sure you're not yep. going to jump Actually, ahead? it should be my turn. <laughs> I'm just trying to avoid all of the editing I'm going to have to do on this, epi- this episode this week. So. No editing. <laughs> you don't think so, huh? No. Oh, okay. Well, you left the technical glitches in. I mean, come on. <laughs> Apparently you were saying something important. <laughs> I'm always saying something important, Clint. <laughs> Phil writes, comment, question, question, comment. A silent walks into a bar holding a memory worm in his hand. I forget the rest of the joke. <laughs> Phil, it's never getting old. <laughs> you, just keep, you just keep riding that horse, man. We'll keep whipping it. Hey, ho, who peekins. Early Merry Christmas to you all. Things have been crazy busy in the Odd Duck house. So sorry for the long time no feedback. Got a lot to tangent about. So, one, actual Doctor Who. Well, you can't start with actual Doctor Who stuff, Phil. <laughs> That's not how we do things around here. <laughs> the heck, man. Uh, actual Doctor Who stuff. So, Danny's dead. Where does that leave Orson Pink from Listen? You guys act surprised. Didn't I bring that up? I thought no, I, I, thought I, I talked I, about I, it because I, I thought about it when it happened. The, um, the, the Claradox? Yeah, that, well, no, no, no. Not, Mo- not Moffat has addressed the issue. I thought I Moffat how, was kind of wussy on his addressing kind of, of the yeah, issue. Yeah, quite was kind of, uh, I don't think I saw that. Just because that strand of Danny is gone, there could be another branch of his family that could lead to that ancestor still something along those lines if that's the case then it really waters down the importance of the trinket in the story yeah well the, the claire would seek them out and give right. that to him to right. as his hand yeah. knowing that it was yeah, important he, there was all exactly. of that it really <coughs> waters that down so. but I, I i find that <coughs> excuse me watered down which my throat was at the moment <laughs> um the one i like is the fan theory that claire is already pregnant 
that to me is a, a cool which was idea. my saving grace until <clears throat> I just read this week that uh, that's not necessarily going to be revealed that that the Moffat's not going that direction. Yeah. So it again waters down the. Well, you know, we don't have to see it. The doctor could come and visit her nine months later, and you know, she's got a sitter. Or it could just not even be addressed, and we assume she's pregnant, and that's what happens. <coughs> Unless she gets killed in the <laughs> further adventures of the Which series. Which leads to my, one of my most irritating things about a show or anything that does when they just say, "Here, you presume this." I just, especially when you when you build something around something like the trinket. And the lineage and hinting to that kind of thing, and then you drop it. Uh, that's a little too Stephen Moffat for me. <laughs> RTD? No. Oh, RTD wrapped everything up. Minecraft. Glenn is going to get a lot new Minecraft players killed with his stories. You dug straight up? Are you mad? Never dig straight up or down, as you never know where a lava block might be hiding. Oh, and this is probably old. I was working overnights again and dug up older podcasts to pass the night. But prior to the addition of pumpkin pie, you could also use pumpkins to make golems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golems, Got it. The problem, well, let me address the golems first. The problem with golems is, unless you need something to generate snow, they're really kind of pointless. I mean, they're cool the first time you build them. And you've got this thing running around. Is it made of poo? No, it's made of... <laughs> no. Sorry, went It's made of snow. You, ta- you, you, you stack... Um, Pumpkins to make snow? Two. No, one snow block, right? I can't remember now. It's been so long since I built a golem. You put the pumpkin on top of his head. Yeah, you put the pumpkin the on top, and then he, it becomes a snow golem. And the uh, idea is that he actually is a, a snowman that wanders around, but he's got a pumpkin over his head. And, in fact, you can see the snow golem's actual face. I don't know if anybody knows this, but if you kind of walk into the snow golem, you can glitch between the, the pumpkin mask and the golem, and you can actually see a snowman face uh, behind that. So you might oh. try that. But he wanders around and leaves a snow trail wherever he touches. And unless the- you need to, you're needing to generate, like you want a snow, because there's no other way to generate snow other than to go into a snow biome and have rainfall and, and become snow instead, and then you have to use a shovel in order to harvest snow. A lot of people make, they have, they want to, to continue to generate within a uh, a survival world in order to generate snow if you don't want to have to keep going to the snow biome to get the snow you can create a golem snow golem and he'll leave snow trails and then you can just harvest your snow from there so to make your whatever uh, materials you need to build out of snow so the snow like golem an igloo. I, yeah well <laughs> snow golems they're kind of Won't eh, that melt I, eventually? I don't i don't care that much about snow golems so i had forgotten about that but i do want to address the digging up thing because i was a little too <laughs> casual about that phil to be clear i don't dig straight up ever i staircase up is what i do and always dig up in front of me so that if lava comes pouring down i have enough time to back up however i did not give the warning to new newer minecraft craft players <laughs> never dig straight up phil is absolutely correct here or straight down yeah no don't well the straight downs it could be How worse you because you well if you fall in a, if you're in a cave and you're digging the ceiling won't that fall on you no uh the only thing that, that will fall on you is uh sand only sand drops uh sand or blocks gravel. fall or gravel blocks fall I question the uh Integrity of this game. Now. Well, the, the, when you, you have to play if you're, it. If you're digging up, huge chunks of whatever well, is there should fall on you. Because if you're a Minecraft player, you understand that as soon as you mine a block, it becomes something that you can gather. 
It becomes a small block that goes into your inventory. So you really, things are falling. You're just collecting them, and they go into your inventory. So uh, dirt blocks go into your inventory. It's becoming the, a small thing. The first yeah. gravel block will go into your inventory, but the rest of the gravel blocks above it are what fall and, cr- and kill you, basically. Suffocate <laughs> <laughs> like- you. Because they all fall at that point. Because they have sand and gravel have to be on a solid block that, that does not fall. So if they are not stacked on a solid block, they will continue falling. So if you're underneath it, you know, I probably block. know more about this game and never played it. Lakes Phil is la- absolutely correct. Lakes are fun too. If you accidentally wind up underneath <laughs> a body of water and you dig up, and all of a sudden, tink, boom, and water well, nice comes thing is flooding if it's, into if it's your not cave. a very deep lake, you can go swim on up. To the surface, but you might Assuming drown you by the time you hole? get there. So no, you can go up through one block hole. Oh, so okay. Hey, you're only one block wide. Oh. What if you ate too many pumpkins? <laughs> too much pumpkin. <laughs> too much pumpkin pie. Pumpkin. And, and, and you became two blocks. That was a long time ago because pumpkin pie's been in the uh, game for a while now. But, yeah. yeah, that must have been an old one. Number two again. <laughs> <laughs> Lost. Mrs. Odd Duck and I have been watching more Lost. We're deep in the heart of season three, and I have to ask, what exactly was the point of Nikki and Pablo? They were, as, as with Juliet, as with the others, you run out of characters, and so you try to inject new blood into the show and bring in new <coughs> characters. Unfortunately, and luckily, they realized Nikki and Pablo did not work, <laughs> and nobody liked them. Well, he's probably also referring to the one-off story where they did all that backstory for them, it was filler. Well, that, that was what that one story was well, for. And that they, was, they killed them off by giving us a filler episode and trying to make them relevant and, backwards. And because they realized nobody liked them. Yeah, well, that's true. Because it was about the time that they would have gotten to writing that episode that the backlash of, who are these people? We don't like them. They suck. And so they killed them off. Filler. Hopefully, Phil, you haven't re- <laughs> you knew they died. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he does it's say lost. Assume everyone this is what died. was. The what point. was yeah. the point? So we're gonna. I'm gonna hope gonna that assume. that's. You'll you'll come not, not in the same way. Which, quite frankly, I think the Nikki and Paulo episode was the best way ever to say we're done with these characters. We're gonna <laughs> we, go out with a bang. We screwed up. We're gonna we go out with a bang. That, and, I love yeah. that episode because even though it which is ones a, were a Nikki filler, and Paulo? <laughs> Xerxes, the guy who yeah, was I Xerxes. Know who, okay, but. What did they do? They they stole diamonds. Nothing but until they were the ones that stole the diamonds. Nothing okay. until that episode, and then we realized they had been. <laughs> they, <laughs> they were had stolen well, diamonds, and they were. They show up in season in the beginning of season three in the background, and, and they're like, "Yes, we're here now, and we're talking." And we're like, "Your background people, you don't talk." Well, unless that, your arts and you blow up. I, as season one progressed, I kept looking at all the people wandering around on the beach, moving laundry piles from one side of the beach <laughs> to the other, and then back because there's nothing else as a background character on Lost yeah, to do than move laundry from one side of the beach to the other. And I kept looking at all these people, and I'm counting down. We've lost so and so, so and so, so and so. There's an awful lot of background characters still wandering around aimlessly on this beach. When are you going to start killing some of these people? This was kind of them, kind of bringing it up. Them, him, I, them, them, and Froger. And, and again, I, I love. I love that episode because of the fact it that was, it's it's so different and, it is. and it's funny yeah. too. It is a good it's episode. Darkly it's funny, an enjoyable but it's funny. episode actually. And I so I appreciated why they did that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, I was the same way. I was like, what are the point of these two characters? Are we going to get their story eventually? Yeah, we got their story, and their story oh, was, was pretty one lame. Episode. <laughs> and then we never have to deal with them again. And it was a good Hurley episode too, actually. 
was a good early episode. Because they were able to use early. He was the heart yeah, of the episode, yeah, which made it. Hurley was the heart of the whole show. Oh, that's yeah, true. That's true. Thought of you today. We got in the the complete lost oh, little pyramid with the statue and the hatch well, with the light used? up. Yeah. Still expensive, the, the, the but it's all. The full box set of all the, the full DVDs? Box sets and the full box set all six seasons. Can I come in and just drool on it? Sure. Because I haven't been able to look at like the uh, other material that was in it. Yeah, that's kind, it's kind of cool. <laughs> well, I don't know how much of the other material is actually still in it, but because uh, it's got little compartments and everything inside and flashlights yeah. and an onk and yeah. all, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, number three, finally. TV in general. <clears throat> Watch the crossover and mid-season finales of Arrow and Flash. To quote Glenn, so good. So good. Also just finished the series finale of Legend of Korra. Wow. Between Korra and the original three seasons of Avatar, that's easily the best seven seasons of animation I've ever seen. I've seen so much response on that this week that I've actually decided I'm going to go back and watch all of the seasons of Avatar and, and yeah. Korra. Phil has me talked into it. I just haven't got to it yet. Yeah. I, I don't know uh, when I've been, I'll do it, but I'm convinced to do it now. Uh, number four, Terry Pratchett, finishing up Hogfather for the umpteenth million time. It's a Christmas yeah. tradition. Heard what Sean said about the jokes you can see from a mile off, and, well, yeah, he does that. I like that he does that, actually. As much time as he devotes to writing about narrative causality, it would be hypocritical of him to ignore it, wouldn't it? And I, Phil told me this on the phone, and I, I have to give him, yeah, it's... That's kind of Pratchett's thing, so I have to I have to allow him to the, the joke there. <laughs> uh, number five, Star Wars teaser. I'm cautiously optimistic. Not sure what to make of the soccer ball, or football, if you prefer, with the R2-D2 bobblehead, but the Falcon and X-Wings gave me chills. As for the lightsaber, I get that I should be excited. I, I was all excited when I first saw Maul's dual saber, but I wasn't this time. At what point did we just look at a lightsaber and think it needed something more to make it cool? It's a lightsaber! It's already cool! Is episode 8 going to feature something with four blades? <sighs> Clearly, I'm getting old. You know, I think just seeing a red blade would have excited me enough. Because, in theory, there shouldn't be any Sith now. Great. So, they're back! Oh, crap! That would be enough. I don't need the little... You kind of spoiled that for me with the title, The Force Awakens. Well, I don't oh, well. I don't know what kind of force that is. <laughs> it's we're not talking, gravity. Are we talking mini clarium force? Are we what talking mystical force? Oh, we better are not. Are we talking light side, dark side? Old I don't know. The Schwartz Awaken. <laughs> Did you see that? Somebody cut, they, they took existing footage from Spaceballs and cut it together as if it was the trailer from Force Awakens, had the same beats and the music and everything to it, and Spaceballs, the Schwartz Awakens to it. It was the greatest thing I'd seen, I haven't seen it yet. all week. It was very cool. Uh, that's it for me. Hoping I can get last Christmas. I gave you my heart. Watched and feedback written prior to your next podcast. If not, I'm sure it was good and answered all of the questions I had at the end of Death in Heaven. <laughs> on touch film. P.S. Sean went out and bought Christmas lights on Black Friday. You'll never find what you're looking for that late in the season. If you want C9s, the big bulbs with the ceramic coating, and or you want them all a particular color, you have to go right when the store starts setting up the Christmas section or get them online. So in July. Shopping for decorations. <laughs> <laughs> shopping for decorations on Black Friday. That's like shopping for Christmas gifts the weekend before Christmas. Wait, what weekend is this? 
Oh, son of a... <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Just, just to clarify, Phil, I did not go out shopping on Black Friday. <laughs> I want to make that he perfectly clear. <laughs> no, they went of their own accord and screwed it up, and then I had to go the day after and correct it. But, uh, yes, so I, I do not go he out on, on Black Friday. went on Grey Saturday. I went on Grey Saturday. Not to be confused with Super Saturday, which was yesterday. Uh, up next is Holly. Holly writes, hey guys, the beasts of Babylon. The night doctor meets up with a girl named Allie, who seems to know quite a bit about the Time Lords and the TARDIS. Love the ending of the story where Allie actually encourages the doctor to go back and ask Rose to travel with him. I like that Allie told him that girls are a lot tougher than they look, and Allie also realized that the doctor shouldn't travel alone by himself. Very cool that this was also set during the same time period as the Rose episode. Though I have to admit it, I was shaking my head when the dragon egg was mentioned. This was my second reading of this book, and this book came out way before Kill the Moon. I quickly read the passage and moved on to the rest of the book. <laughs> also, liked the fact that the Doctor understood Allie and what was going on and didn't punish her for what she had done. That it was part of her nature, and she did what, what, and what she did was in order to protect him. It's a valid point. Yeah, it is a very valid point. The Mystery of the Cottage. Another story with Martha. The Doctor and Martha getting trapped in a children's mystery series of books, and the Doctor's not too thrilled with the series or the author who wrote them. I think that he doesn't like the fact that they are predictable. But in this case, I would rather have the predictable to get out of the situation that they are in instead of the unpredictable. Unpredictable. Love the nod to the mind robber in this book. Nothing o'clock. Neil Gaiman's entry into this book series, and I have to say I enjoyed it. The Kin are a very interesting race, to say the least, and that they were the last of their kind, just like the Doctor. Not the slightest bit of a Tenth Doctor vibe when the Eleventh Doctor takes the Kin to the moment before time even started. Kind of reminiscent of what Tin did to the family of blood. That's a good point. Yep. Lights out. Quick little romp. We now know where the Doctor went to get Clara her coffee. 51 was an interesting companion, just like Avi. The doctor gives him a chance and is even a little nervous about what 51 wants to do near the end of the story. All in all, I have to say these were some very good ebook stories for the 50th. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these ebooks and wishing everyone a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And our last bit of feedback this week comes from Chrissy. Who writes, short and sweet. Although, she wrote a pretty lengthy email here. <laughs> Maybe not. The email is not short and sweet. Dear Vortex Boys, have you guys gotten in trouble for using the Doctor Who theme on the podcast? Or are you all just expanding your catalog of music that you've included in your recordings? Or did Glenn go on a shopping spree on iTunes and he's trying to show off? <laughs> it's just that it's been a while since I heard your regular theme and I'm nosy about why. That's all. The answer is all of the above, Chrissy. Yes. <laughs> so uh, our next uh, our next uh, Patreon pledge. This brings up an interesting uh, point, so we're going to jump into the Patreon stuff now. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to help yes. uh, pay off our legal fees uh, to the BBC for using the Doctor Who theme, um, you can certainly uh, pledge your support, and it would be greatly appreciated, and it'll go a long way towards securing a, uh, a, a Robert Shapiro-style lawyer who will be able to get <laughs> us out of the pickle that we have gotten ourselves into. Yeah, so. 
I'm making that up. No, the real, the real, <laughs> the real answer behind that is uh, the iTunes shopping spree because um, <laughs> I, I, I keep getting these iTunes cards because it's this time of year, you know, where people are giving gifts and I'm downloading all kinds of wonderfully new stuff and I just wanted to show it off to everybody. That's not true either. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> no, what it's boiled down to is the fact that we haven't found anybody that's made a Peter Capaldi 8-bit version yet, so it feels kind of strange to have Matt's theme playing at the front of our podcast when we've had the 12th Doctor for, oh, a good Several four months, months now. Yeah. 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 Well, that and, you know, eventually we, we, we fear that you guys are sitting out there listening to it and the podcast starts and you're in your car. All of a sudden you jump up and start yelling, Bored! Bored! <laughs> so this is our way. This is how we keep you guessing, keep, keeping you guessing, and keeping you interested. But if anybody out there would like to tackle an eight-bit uh, Capaldi theme, we would love to have it. What, what title could we give them? Composer, traveling, traveling the, the vortex, vortex composer. So for grabs, it comes with a shiny plaque. Not really. <laughs> a digital plaque. Ooh. We'll give you a digital plaque. We'll give you a digital yeah, plaque. Absolutely. A little placard that you can hang in your digital office next to the You Want It When sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was reading. Sorry. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why that is. That's the long answer. That's the long <laughs> answer. To the short question. Uh, not so sweet. First of all, yay, you got the Mara stories on the schedule. I knew you'd be excited, Chrissy. Those are some of my favorites, and hopefully I will be about to join in on those weeks for Friday Night Who. My past few Friday nights haven't been very conducive to staying up late. Plus, my computer is really showing its age, so I'm trying not to use it unless I absolutely have to. Why are you writing this email, then? (laughs) I may be doing that on phone. Does it say phone at the bottom of the email? It does not say I was... It does not. Well, thank you for sacrificing your computer time here, Chris. Uh, well, I've gotten all these uh, ebook short stories to read, so I'm going to dive into my reviews. The Beast of Babylon. Oh, she's got them all read, not to read. That's how would you review it before you? Yeah. Wibbly wobbly, Sean. Maybe she stops writing your feedback, goes and reads a book, then f- submits feedback for that book. Then she stops, and then she goes and reads a book. And she comes back and submits her piece of feedback. She's doing that Willy Wonka it's, teacher thing again. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take the test before we've studied it. <laughs> uh, Beast of Babylon. Points for finding the tiniest of openings for a nice doctor story that doesn't involve Rose. However, I'm not sure I enjoyed this as much because it wasn't a nine Rose story. I don't know. It's weird to have nine with a different companion. And I kept forgetting that Allie wasn't a humanoid companion, although that could have been because I have a sister named Allison and her nickname is Allie, and that kind of colored my perception of the character. That's something I have to deal with, though. I did enjoy the Babylonian setting. Reminded me of a big Finnish audio play with the first Doctor that takes place in ancient Babylon that I really liked, called Farewell Great Macedon. Highly recommended. That's all I've got for this one. Should I tackle that now, or will you wait till we get to reviews? What, what are you attacking me? Uh, the alley. No, wait till it produce. Okay. Sounds like a common thread there. Okay. Um, the mystery of the haunted cottage. Bomb, 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 bomb. I added that. That was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you say it out loud, it pretty much you have to say that now. As short as all these stories are, this is the only one that felt like two halves to a whole. The first felt very much like an homage to Scooby-Doo. See, I'm not crazy. Even Martha and the Doctor kind of allude to that, even though it's not Scooby-Doo, but something else that isn't copyrighted. 
But after they discover it's really the alien that's combining all these different stories and things together to create one big galaxy, it turns into something reminiscent of Miyazaki's Spirited Away. At least it did for me. Huh, wouldn't that be an interesting combination? Doctor Who meets Hayao Miyazaki. That guy. (laughs) Studio Ghibli. Anyway, off subject. This was a fun one to read, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. What? I just like the noise you made when you, went, when you messed the word up and you went. Like you ate it. You're like, oh yeah. That's gone. That's gone. I've eaten. I've eaten the word. Nothing o'clock. Anyone else get the lodger from this? Aliens invading people's houses in the most ordinary ways. They want to buy the planet one real estate listing at a time. Having worked in the real estate industry before, I got a kick out of that. The only thing I could think of to find wrong with this is how often Amy wanted Rory. She sounded like a young child whining for a favorite toy. And I think this is supposed to be Series 5, Amy, before she and Rory got married, and probably early on in her character arc. Aside from that, yet another fun one to read. Lights out. Oh, let me... Uh, we will address this part. Anyone get the lodger from this? Nope. Nope. Take one. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought of it until you brought it up. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't either. Lights out. <clears throat> This was likely written well before anything from Series 8 had aired, so I went into this willing to forgive anything that seemed out of place from the Twelfth Doctor, since Holly Black probably hadn't seen much of anything to get a feel for how this Doctor is supposed to be. There was a mention of imposing eyebrows, and that's about it. But I think she got around that very well by having this told in a first-person point of view and making the Doctor a stranger to 51. I've read some of Holly Black's books before, and she writes a lot of first-person. So much so that sometimes you miss vital details about the character that's speaking. They only talk about what they see and hear and not a whole lot about themselves. Or if there are details about themselves, they're very sporadic and piecemeal, so you don't get a full picture of this character. 51 was a lot like that. The story was more about what was going on in this intergalactic coffee shop, which is an interesting place for villains to hatch evil schemes, but whatever. (laughs) And that's about all I have to say about this one. It was kind of abrupt and vague, but I could follow it well enough, I think. That's all I've got. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, and I'm glad to hear that my Christmas card made it. I couldn't remember if the address I had from before or af- was from before or after Sean moved, so I sent it out and hoped for the best. Stay safe and happy, and I'll see you all later. Take care, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Two quick mentions, if I may. Uh, Brittany, thank you for pledging support to our Patreon page. Uh, she's now a uh, su- uh, supporting uh, member. And... I got a Christmas card. I don't know about you guys from Brittany this year. So yes, yes, okay. yes I did. So I'm, good. I'm glad you did because I felt. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Apparently you did bring the it to open. No. And- um, I we got Christmas <clears throat> cards from Brittany this year, and thank you very much for that. Thank you, Brittany. Very, Thanks, Brittany. Very, very kind of you, and happy holidays to you. Shall we move on to our reviews? And if you'd like to send Christmas cards, you can send them to me. <laughs> if you have a complaint, you can send it to Glenn. <laughs> if you have candy, you can send it to me. <laughs> I didn't know candy was an option. I kind of feel like I settled now. Too late. Nibs. <laughs> Call it. <laughs> okay. Let's see if you want the sticky bun after I lick it. <laughs> <laughs> The Beast of Babylon. We're going in order, are we? Yes. (laughs) Well, that makes no sense. That's not how we do things on this podcast. Do you you even listen to this show? (laughs) Nope, just record it. (laughs) 
When a girl called Allie pockets a silver orb that falls from the sky, little does she realize it's her ticket to seeing the universe. Desperate to retrieve the mysterious object, the Ninth Doctor agrees to let her join him on a dangerous trip to ancient Babylon. Together, they must join forces to stop a giant star man from destroying Earth before it's too late. Dun dun dun. It was okay. It was okay. Enjoyable story. I like the framing of it, and unlike Chrissy, I kind of enjoyed that it wasn't a Rose story. I, I was a little relieved myself it because was, I, I would have been okay with a nine in yeah, Rose because I, I shipped those two anyways. Um, but it was kind of refreshing, yeah. and, it, and the way she did it was so so clever. Well, it's not it's not something you get because of the yeah. way that series one is stru- or series one, yeah, series one is structured. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I thought it was very clever. Well, and, and we started it, so. and Rose wasn't there. I thought, oh, this is before he met Rose, and then he starts talking about her. I'm like, wait, how is this going to work? And uh-huh. then she, I thought the same thing, and then I figured it out, and that's really really clever. Yeah. Um, well, they don't really drop that seed until later because they do. They yeah. talk about her, and you're like. When did he leave her at any time I, I kind of that he could have done this adventure? Once he started talking about her, I kind of realized, oh, this is set in that split second. Well, in that point, they're talking about, she's talking about uh, having just defeated the uh, Autons. Yeah, at that leaving. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I liked Allie as a character. Um, I, instant, I, I don't know about you guys, but I thought she was human i did the same. or at least humanoid to begin with and it wasn't same. until later it, she, i think she did a really good job if you were meant to believe that this is just some girl well and then later you you she kind of gives you the nuggets of oh wait no this is kind of an insectoid per- person i think that it i think she gradually gets there because early on she talks about and i can't remember what she called but some of her appendages that she had she talked about it early on she they make reference to it when they first arrive in babylon and they open the door yeah. and he goes outside she and did then the, the stinger thing right or exactly whatever, yeah. and so i i still think i had an idea that she was humanoid but just she had special well, and it wasn't until that moment when they discussed her antenna doing something that i i yes went Whoa, 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 wait. Yeah. She's not human? Yeah, I which, did the same thing. Which, because I, I mean, not that I have a problem with that. That's actually fairly well, awesome. We're one of the people that would say, we were in our family out having a picnic it in the woods, very, and this guy wanders by. You yeah, know? It, it, it felt very... And then you discover that she knows about, and they're on a, about Time Lords, and she's on. they're on a different planet, so obviously right. she's not human proper. Right. Well, she could have been, she could have been human future, from future. Yeah, or something. You know. But I, it, colonized. Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, not that I have a problem with it, and I felt it's that really clever. It, it is really clever, especially when you get to the end because she makes the comment about wanting to go swimming, but not. Yep. And then you don't find out until the end that well, it's because the lake is full of you know eggs Children. and yeah. monsters right. or whatever. You can't disturb them. And and so it's like okay, you know that that was kind of cool, but I still felt like I would have liked a little more character fill out initially, so I didn't have that jarring. What what? Because then I, I had to mentally switch gears into, okay, she looks like this now. Go on with the story. You know, I just see. I, I like the slow reveal. I did too. I think it, just because it was clever and different, and, and they you, you rarely see anybody or read anybody do something like that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like most authors really feel like I'm going to flesh this character out, and I'm going to let you know what you're. So you don't have to deal with uh, the the idea of I'm going to switch the imagery on you later. Yeah, well, so I, I don't need like you know. Surprise. He stood six foot four, had blue eyes, gray hair. Blah, you know, I don't need all that jazz. I just, I would have liked. Why to, do you put that on your stories? Because he does. <laughs> six foot tall, with gray <laughs> hair. That works. 
They're always steely blue eyes, too. Do you notice steely. that? He had a steely gaze about him. I had sort of hoped that they would they would delve into the Babylon story more and, and talk about how they were building a tower and they were you know they just yeah, got a little more been, into that. That, that, that. I do. I agree. The Babylon part kind of felt shortchanged. I see. It, it's almost like we picked a cool name and location, but we didn't really kind of delve into any of the biblical history of it. And yeah. I think maybe that was calculated that we Possibly. sort of stayed away from anybody. some of that. No, yeah. Yeah, as, not as to offend anybody. Or, well, and again, we're dealing with 40-some-odd pages. Yes, you know, yeah. so. that's true. That's true. Uh, S- setting up a new character and, and the Starman idea. Was, was pretty neat. And it felt almost something... It felt. I don't know about you guys, but it conjured up the image of season one of Torchwood, the end. That big creature there. Yeah. Something similar. Oh, yeah, I could see so that. It, yeah. felt, it kind of felt right for the yeah. era, too. Yeah. I would agree. Big and bombastic. Something very RTD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I didn't have a problem with the, with the Starman. I thought it was... It was a clever idea. Yeah. The magic ball to get rid of it is kind of, uh, okay, <laughs> was, we need a simple yeah, device. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit of a, um, okay, we got to wrap this up. But yeah. overall, it's a good story. And, uh, yeah, I, the, the, my biggest thrill of it was the fact that it was set between... The yeah. moment that he leaves and Rose the, and the moment that he returns. This, he is a time machine, for crying out loud. The speech she gives him to go see Rose, go go try again, I thought was really nice, too. What this book does is it nicely adds a little more depth to that moment, that character, that series, that de- relationship. It gives a little bit more uh, to season one, to oh, series yeah, one. absolutely. I give it high praise. I, 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 th- I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I, I loved the fact that they were able to shoehorn that in. Because that was another nice thing with the, the way the slow reveals came, is that it was just an adventure with the Ninth Doctor, but he kept mentioning Rose, and you're like, why are you going to do that? How does that work? And then they told you how yep. it was going to work. I was like, oh, yep. clever. <laughs> clever boy. <laughs> Anything else about the Beast of Babylon? <laughs> I think so. These are going to be short reviews. I kind of feel like we're shortchanging it, but uh, you know, it's not much else to talk it's about. It's a short it's ebook. Forty yeah. pages. Forty pages. <laughs> yeah. And enjoyable. No space buffalo. Yeah. No space, no space buffalo. buffalo. What? Who is the Harumbai? Harumbe? Who's, who's the Babylonian king? Okay, never mind. We've, we, we've established that history is not our strong suit. I'm just going <laughs> to drop my line of inquiry and move on because I don't. I, I, I'm just curious to know how to pronounce it. This is all I wanted to know. So. Keith, Google that. Uh, I'm looking, trying to find the name. I've heard. The oh, you name. were a preacher's kid. You should yeah, know the story. That's why I'm. I'm and it's <laughs> not that I'm sitting here because I don't know. No, he was I'm, the, I'm the, reaching the to the, 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 the. I'm reaching the to the rest recesses of my Him brain. Rabbi? Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, that's closer. Hammurabi. H H A M M U R A B I. It's like Hammurabi or something like that, but it's it is it's by Hammurabi. I think it's right. I think it's not that's, that's, that's the closest. That's the closest. Well, it seems like there's an added syllable in there. Harambe! That's, a, that's another celebration. That's right Let's put an R before the M's. Uh, Doug Phil, doing. how do you pronounce that name? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody smarter than us, write in and tell us how that's... Uh, uh, it's right there in the recesses of my brain, because I have heard it uh, in theological discussions. Uh, nope, it's not coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to the mystery of... What is it? Uh, the mystery of the haunted cottage. 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> when the TARDIS lands on a planet that looks identical to Earth, the Tenth Doctor and Martha are amazed to find it packed with fictional characters from her childhood. But who has the power to create an entire world out of books, and why the Doctor and Martha must solve the mystery before this, their story ends? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know if I can give it that strong, but it was really enjoyable. I liked it. I liked it a lot. All right, next one. No. <laughs> we're, we're all at a loss. Uh, I'll tell you, reading this one made me realize that somebody, at least, at least one of these authors, is 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 a fan. I got a, I got yeah. the impression that that somebody is a fan, especially when you make mention of uh, the land of fiction and the fact Several that several mentions the of fact it. that yeah. the the attempt or the, the doctor. Excuse me. The doctor makes reference to the fact that he'd been there before, but it wasn't like this. It was different. It was, you know, it was its own pocket universe. Um, there was something else in there that that was brought up. It was a name drop that I thought, yeah, this person really is cleverly dropping some breadcrumbs, but not necessarily, you know, the the, the, the fan service. Well, she she she, she had a lot of it right from from the setting and the. Um there, there was even a, a, a kind of you don't forget about Martha's unrequited love, you yes, know, for yes, the doctor yes. bit, which which I thought was funny. To the, all which of was the, also nice of he wasn't continually pining after Rose. Yeah, yeah. So it's obviously set a little bit later in the season. But, yeah, um, and it was nice. First of all, it was nice to see Martha back. I'm always glad when we get the. Um, they seem to really use Martha a lot. It's almost, it's almost like, you know, I, I, in a way, I kind of feel that Martha is the, you know, the the, uh, the the fiction version of a big Finnish companion where maybe they kind of decided she didn't necessarily get a, 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 a you know, got, she got the bum rap on TV, so we're going to build her up a little bit in the books and make her, other than the story of Martha, which we won't talk about, um, but we're, you know, going to make her a little more awesome because they, they've nailed it. And it's so good with all yeah. that stuff. But there was the land of fiction reference and then there was something else. I can't remember what the other reference was. And I love the... Um, it was very Scooby Doo references, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I liked how initially I was kind of like, "Oh, we're doing a fiction thing again." Okay, and I kept going, but they they they, they gave me just enough of that to go, "This is what we're doing," but this is how we're doing it. Right? Like, okay, it's cool. The, the how is yeah. what made it what, what made it pay off. And I loved the fact that they went, "Okay, so we went down into the tunnel, and then you know we went down the the thing and the pirates, and well, nobody ever goes down here because it's not integral to the plot. So there's nothing there. It's literally nothing." And I was like, "Oh, what a cool idea!" I mean, just. I thought that was that was really fun, and I loved the in the the battling. I really enjoyed the running and the constant changing of yeah. going through his her memories. Yeah, of, going through her memories and the sparkly vampire. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> that was a great moment. And I think that was the other fan moment was the fact that he referenced how boring it would be to run down the same hallway. Is this what that was? That was this one. And I thought, oh, there's another there's another meta reference there as, as well. I never imagined how boring it would be running down the same hallway or something to that effect. Something to that effect was I like uh, the I like the villain. The villain was, was that's that was cool. It, 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 he simply had just kind of outgrown his existence and was lonely. <laughs> I mean that's the, that's the, when you when you dig down to the core of this, the villain isn't really a twirling mustache twirling villain, although he Sometimes comes across as the mustache 
twirling uh, villain because of the the, the setting he's in. The, exactly yeah. the setting he's in. But um, I love the idea, the fact that it's it's really just kind of a, a, an entity that's outgrown its existence. I thought that was kind of clever, um, and and taking on the different forms and the, the Rapunzel. Uh, there was a there was a quick no, Disney Tangled yeah, reference in there, there as well that I, I appreciate. Oh, Rapunzel, tell her I said hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is he a prince? Well, that was no, he's that the was that was a mind robber. Yeah, that was another mind robber. Yeah, but uh, he, she she Martha makes the uh, concept of, or the concept the comment of something that she says and she's oh, I love apparently Tangled. apparently not the uh, Disney version <laughs> because yeah. it, it's a little bit different. Um, I don't like the stuff with Dracula. Yeah, that was cool. Dracula climbing up the side. Me. Although this Dracula was more of the uh, Christopher Lee Dracula because yeah. he had a mustache and he was a little more, uh, uh, a little less universal Dracula, a little more novel or um, Bella Lugosi. Yeah, a little George less Hamilton. Probably, a little more, uh, a little more Christopher Lee, a little more Hammer horror film Dracula, yeah. in my mind, anyway. Overall, a fairly enjoyable story. Another one that I think, and probably because it, it, again, we're dealing with a short story, sort of felt like it wrapped itself up quickly. It almost had a, a MacGuffin that was, or it wasn't even a MacGuffin. It even had a, a resolution that was just kind of, you know, it's there. Let's tie this up real real nicely and, and yeah. move on. It, it seems to be the nature of a lot of these short stories, but you can only build so much story within 40 and Some I, I yeah. liked the, how they did it of turning the the, pa- the, ta- the, the pages on. That's a good <laughs> on, on the bad guy and the here go through my memories. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. a nice. I always kind of enjoy when they use the doctor's mind like that to I kind of too. defeat the enemy. And it was cool that um, Martha, because she's the one that stepped out first, is yeah, the reason they why gave us a good in, explanation. Yeah, why she's yeah. there in this dilemma, and he can only focus his uh, energy. On one mind at a time, so that's why nothing that the doctor had experienced had shown up yet until the doctor turns the tide on him and, and, yeah. and is able to use his mind. That was cool. Was I like the um, the voices too. I, th- I thought David Tennant really sounded, or the doctor really sounded like it was David Tennant, really, really yeah. well. Yeah, as far and, as and, and, and the first one as well. Yeah, I, I, heard, I heard Eccleston in my head when I was reading those out loud, and I heard Martha. So it was. I think kind of across the board, these have all been been pretty pretty solid entries. So I, I, from any of the, I'm, I'm tipping my hand, I guess, but I, from any of these stories, I didn't get a, uh, a first or fifth Doctor. No, <laughs> ebook vibe yeah, from any we, of them. We just feel like we've we've got the wrong wrong Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Well, should we move on to nothing o'clock? Yes, please. Hang on. Uh oh. Since the horn coming. No. Can I read my synopses? No. It's it's kind of lengthy. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I can't. Uh, thousands Hammurabi. of. Hammurabi. Hammurabi. That's I, I, it. I, I knew it was Abi. <laughs> Sorry, I, I Googled Hammurabi. it. I was curious. Hammurabi. Okay. Hammurabi. Okay, never, never mind, Phil. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we got it, Phil. <laughs> I don't need smart people. I have the internet. Hammurabi. <laughs> Hammurabi. Nothing, no clock. Kumri. Thousands of years ago, the Time Lords built a prison for the kin. They made it utterly impregnable and unreachable as 
long as the Time Lords existed, the kin would be trapped forever and the universe would be safe. They had planned for everything. Everything that is other than the Time War and the fall of Gallifrey. Now the kin are free again and there's only one Time Lord left in the universe. Who can stop them? Dun, dun, dun. Well, I concur with that. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. Such a great premise right off the bat. We get that in the prologue that there's this prison and they're you know, dangerous. And as long as the time Lords are around, the prison would stand forever. And right off the bat, it's like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is yep. going. <laughs> I think one of the things that helps this is the fact that Gaiman's written for the show already twice. And so yeah. he already knows the oh, show right. so this was well. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. yeah so, true. and the 11th doctor so yeah. well that it totally fits with this era and although I, I I would kind of agree it is uh with Holly that is a bit tenth doctorish to take him back take them back to before the dawn of time before time even starts to dispatch of them. It felt that aspect of it did feel a little bit like his predecessor. Yeah. And Amy a little one dimensional, but those were my only small. I think Amy is them. okay one dimensionally in this one because you get the impression. I mean, other than her it's, hiding it after like Rory a little too much for being heading back as to early. see Rory at that point, anyway. But yeah, but I, I kind of like the idea that Amy was just kind of the link that needed to be there in order to. I mean, she's she's a nugget of the story is really all she is. And it's, she really like almost that. is is downgraded from from true companion status. Really, yeah. uh, it, it's very much a book that focuses on the Doctor, and I think as you pointed that you know that's Neil Gaiman's strength is writing for the Eleventh Doctor because it's a voice that he's familiar with. And so it very much became an 11th Doctor story, and Amy was just kind of there as the window dressing. And I was okay with it. I agree with Chrissy. I think I think she pined for Rory a little too much, was a little too one-dimensional. Which I kind of got the imp- – I, I can kind of hand wave that and excuse that in the sense of – I get the impression this takes place bef- right before uh, Vampires of Venice. So she just made the move on the Doctor – and now he's taking her back, and she feels dejected by the doctor, and so he's trying to fix things. Sure, by getting I can her buy that. No, and so that's why, kind of, she's. I I I just feel dejected by my childhood best friend. I want my boyfriend to make me feel better. Yeah, I can buy that. I buy that too. That's the only way I could kind of fix it. But it also comes back to the fact that you know, the story's not about her. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, it's, about, it's about the doctor. I. Uh, this this is definitely one that I felt more than the others nailed the imagery of the show that it, you know you you could have done anything you you've got a book you've got a blank piece of paper you could have given me an alien with six heads and five eyes and you know drool and you could have given me a, a snake creature you can give me an anthropomorphized no you gave me a thing wearing a bunny rabbit mask yeah. <laughs> that's something the show would have done yeah you know because when you're painting yeah like you said you've got the blank page you can paint that canvas almost as as, strong, as far as the imagination can uh, can can stretch and to go something that simplistic really felt in vain of this the and it was effective yeah it, it was, was, oh, it was almost creepy. it was almost yeah. creepier than what we'd gotten in the previous two stories with getting a, an entity that just that that was what this thing was that it was you know it was a Donnie Darko kind of thing yeah. it was just yeah. it was just giant <laughs> rabbit thing there and then there later there was a cat thing there and then, a wolf and then later a um, queen 
thing or Margaret Thatcher. Who was the Margaret, who was Margaret Thatcher, Thatcher thing? Yeah. You know, that was that to me was 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 just an added level. Well, even of, had an Amy thing at one. Yeah, yeah an Amy thing. Yeah. It was just it's very much that vein of what we're seeing isn't what actually is there. Yeah, right? Right. that right. thing behind your eye that you can't quite see. And playing with the idea of a perception filter or what? Yeah, it's, or it's, or it's that your very, mind sees what it wants to see and not necessarily what's really there. Yeah, yeah, and that's f- season five all over the place. I think my. No, you were, you were I didn't like that the little the little girl died. I was oh, no, technically she, she didn't, didn't because we reset everything. <laughs> Which so was, I was okay with that. Then at the end, actually, but. if you think about it, is a bit reset the universe, Matt Smith type thing to do anyway. So yeah, the Doctor thing to do anyway. Again, season five. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with people dying in Doctor Who, <laughs> but it's like, oh, children are off limits, Gaiman. <laughs> You're not allowed to go there. But he fixed it, so I was like, okay. I'm of two minds as far as the. Um, premise of this goes though i love the idea of using a loophole especially to get around the shadow proclamation as to how you could <laughs> take over a planet and it's almost a legal it's it's yeah. almost a legal way to take over the, you know a planet and then i mean they Tremendous were basically they weren't going to kill well they obviously were killing people but they weren't going to commit genocide on the human race they were going to shovel them off to their own reservations let them and die on their own let them die off on their own and let's be honest, of all of the level five planets out there, only humanity would have gone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> money, money. Okay. So I love that premise, but the idea that you could feasibly pull that off, because when the police station's lease went up, that's when I think it felt it like pushed it a little too far. Because I don't think you could purchase up every conceivable property in that quick of in, a... Well, not even in that quick of a fact. I think even if you spanned it over thousands of years, I don't, just don't think that it would feasibly done because there's always going to be that one stopping block. The police station is... It worked. It was the best way to realistically by saying it was a lease and they didn't just buy the police the you know the police didn't just sell their station because you can't do that but a lease running up on a building or or being sold out from underneath a governmental department that might work in the uk that wouldn't happen in the united states because we well for the most part we don't lease our buildings from somebody else because it's kind of a, a conflict as far as Putting government offices somewhere, they although the state of Kansas is really trying hard to do this, but um, <laughs> you really try to put your offices in a piece of building you already own, so that there's equity in the in the building area, equity in the property, and you you don't have anything that can exert external control over a governmental property or a governmental that's department. That's how it's supposed well, to work. But see, <laughs> I, but eventually you would run into that issue. And I just, I had a, I had a problem with that. I have less that. problem with that. Because I, if, if, if you if you've bought up all, this, all the houses and then you've bought up the hotel and then you bought, at some point you're going to get control of the banks. And once you get control of the banks, you get control of the bank loans. And so that gives you control of the, the the you know the wider reaching you know oh the leases do well it's because you 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 are in, you're the landlord you can control that I have less problem with that than old man Johnson who lives down the lane and he's not moving out for nobody know how <laughs> that guy would have stuck around that guy would have stuck around that, right. that to me yeah, is, right. is is a bigger issue than the but police stations but then again if you've the banks and the governments then you just use eminent domain eminent and you domain still and got you, the, you get the them out. legality of it so so I, I like to say I'm, I'm of two minds of the premise of it it's just it was really hard for me to give up the idea that that could possibly get to such a scale that you would have bought the entire planet but yeah. Yeah, kudos for yeah, kudos for the idea. It's almost kind of a uh, 
Douglas Adams. A bit. I, yeah. 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 You know. Without the funny. Without the funny. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the creepy. Uh, what else did I like about this one? There were a couple of things that I wanted to point out. I really liked... It's funny you brought up the Donnie Darko mask, because that was the first thing I thought. Yeah. You, yeah I haven't even seen the movie that, yet. That's that the first bunny. thing I was thought. That, it was. <laughs> was that scary butt bunny? Um, another one that I felt like the resolution was a little rushed. But, but again, 40 pages. Well, here's the <laughs> thing, though. This is the one that I felt the least rushed, because this one had a... Well, I guess the, the, the Cottage one had this as well, but this had that almost poignant finale that had, yeah. it had to go there. It, yeah. it had to go it was there. The, well, it was there, the best were, developed lead-up to yeah, that rushed there were, ending. There, so. were, there seems to be other options for the previous two stories. This seems to be the only way out of this one. So knowing that that was the ultimate point, it didn't feel rushed because it was like, I just knew we were going to get to this point. Yeah. You know, I knew point Z was coming eventually. So Well, and I like the fact that, you know, <laughs> he was like, let's go get in the TARDIS. And the doctor's like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was a little predictable as well. Yeah. Because I knew that that wasn't really aimed yeah. at that was Well, know, and I, I don't but, think I don't think Gaiman was really trying to keep that from no, us either. I, I think that that was but the But it didn't feel necessary let, in the narrative of the story. Either. Well, but I think that was the let's show you how clever the doctor right, is that right, he knows exactly. it and we're we're being That's let in on is. that he knows I, it. I and I absolutely love the moment where they he t- does whatever he does to make it actual size. And Amy goes, It's not bigger on the inside. Oh, when he puts the oh, yeah, office, yeah, yeah. hologram in the office. I got the impression. Well, because she was able to stick her face she, through yeah, it. She it must have been some hologram. Yeah. He changed the desktop just slightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was neat. That was, a, that was a, a cool bit, too. You could also almost see a, a Peanuts thing there with the TARDIS landing and him putting out the Doctor is in <laughs> yeah. tab off the, yeah. off the side of the, th- the thing. Uh, so far of the three, this was probably my favorite. But I think just because it was a solid Neil Gaiman story, and I think the storytelling was the best part of this, and maybe it's because there weren't any, you didn't feel the need for any uh, seclusion or hiding or, or double bluffs or anything like that. It was just it just kind of laid out and played a nice yeah. little story. There's a little bit of mystery involved there as well, but it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the driving point of the story. Yeah. The story was really kind of just telling the, the characterization of the Doctor. As you it was straightforward. Um, also, I think, again, with the exception of some Amy moments, I think the voices were there. I think, yeah. uh, again, yeah. I felt like Naaman, Gaiman had the voice, although, like you said, he's already worked twice in, in Matt Smith's era. So, or, yeah, uh, yeah, Keith mentioned he's already worked twice in Matt Smith's era, so he's already got... He already has a feel for And I, I went into this story with the expectations, knowing he wrote two stories already. And, okay, so he knows what he's doing. Let's deliver. And I think he did. I think so. Yeah. Shall we move on the Lights Out? Let's lights Out. They did not release a synopsis for Lights Out. Yes. So we'll jump right into Lights Out. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, I think... Uh, I liked this one the I best. Liked, did you like this one the best? I liked this um, one a lot, too. Uh, this one's just. This would be my second favorite of the four books that we were reviewing, um, and I think Chrissy says it all in her review of this. As far as my point is, I went into this thinking 
there's not going to be when you wrote this book you did not know much about the 12th doctor how is this how are you going to make it feel and it does almost by referencing the eyebrows and the eyebrow jokes which were wonderful they were they were fantastic um I really felt like that was how you were going to get the only flavor of the Twelfth Doctor you could. So the cleverness of putting this into first-person point of view yeah. was really well but, because really well done because it does. It is a stranger meeting this person for the first time, so it kind of puts us in those shoes already. So that the Doctor doesn't necessarily have to be the Twelfth Doctor we've seen on the on screen now for an entire thirteen, well, twelve episode run up to this point. You could put a little bit of a different spin on it because it is also a different perspective. Yeah. I had no problem thinking this is the twelfth doctor throughout the entire thing. I I thought they did a pretty good she did a pretty good job capturing the voice, especially of where the time frame would be for this for him at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as they mentioned or mentioned coffee and then the doctor shows up, I'm like, Oh, that's where he went to go get the coffee. Yeah. Very <laughs> clever. And so knowing he's so fresh off regeneration, and I think he's very curt through a lot of it, but then eventually opens up and shows that softer side when they're on their ship together. But the whole investigation felt very much like the Twelfth Doctor doing all of these things for me. It, the Doctor, not so much. He does more in the in the series, but the whole narrative of the Doctor, he kind of really thinks out loud as he goes. And I really felt like he was yeah, doing that here. He, he really and so did. I kind of liked that aspect of it. And uh, when I say it, I went in the impression that you know nothing about this. And I was very comfortable with the idea of it being from another perspective. But you're right. There was enough. She didn't. There she was had, enough yeah. research or enough uh, uh, knowledge for knowledge stuff, yeah. Yeah, to, to kind of get a, a, a feel for the 12th Doctor. Because even like when he's investigating and she's suggesting things like this. A scientist who ends up not being actually there, and he's just ignoring her. That's <laughs> that's totally something Twelve would do. Is just yeah, yeah. somebody putting out ideas. If he's not going to insult them, he's just going to ignore them. I love that he set him up for it too. That he completely explained the role of the companion is to basically <laughs> tell me how brilliant I am, say something and occasionally, ask questions, ask questions which I already know the answers to, and I will explain as we go along if need be. And you know, maybe you'll help me think of something, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't plan on it. And it's just like, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that's exactly it. I, structurally, this was such a cool way of putting this together. The 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 you know we've got this thing and this creature, and then we keep getting these little dollops of his backstory, which I kept kind of thinking, well, why are you giving me all this? Let's let's get to the story. Let's get to the story. When's the doctor show up? And then we get to the space station and the coffee, and he has a nightmare. I thought, okay, okay, come on, can I get to? And then the doctor's in line getting coffee, and I went, oh, that's when this takes place. That's so cool. Did the did the introduction of the twelfth doctor feel very twelfth doctor too? Yeah. Like, yeah. he's not there, then he is. Yeah. I thought that Just was kind of neat. Boom, boom, there he was. Yeah. I don't know where. And then, um, you know, the murder and the doctor trying to... <laughs> a body, and, you know, <laughs> immediately launching into that mode. You know, I just... But then to follow that up with the reveal that you're the suspect, that you are the person... And then he figured that, it out this is so this. long ago. Yeah. I just went, what? Yeah. And then, then they give me the rest of the backstory, and I went, "Oh wow!" <laughs> I mean, it just I really, really liked this one. I thought it was so cool. And then it gets a thousand points for the Benton reference. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was really enjoying this. Benton? Yeah. He was talking about the different coffees. The Best coffee ever. Benton. Unit HQ. Yes. So now we know that while it may have been some of the ladies' jobs to go and fetch coffee, <laughs> it was Benton's job, it was to, Benton's make it. job yes. to make yes. the coffee. Yes. And he did it well. And we can just put that as yet another tick mark in the <laughs> why we love Benton. And then it wasn't just some other random unit person or Yates or the Brig. It was just, as I think, also coming on the heels of Dark Water and Death in Heaven and the Brig stuff and Death in Heaven, that the unit reference is a nice touch. Yeah. Agreed. So you really had to be on cloud nine through most of this. <laughs> I do love coffee. All of the coffee, 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 coffee. I walked in on Thursday and I said, have you read uh, uh, Lights Out yet? And he says, no, I, 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 maybe you just started. I couldn't I th- remember I what it was. I think I just or, purchased it. No, I, no, I was going to purchase it. Yeah, that's makes. right, because you were just finishing the one prior. And uh, I said, oh, you're going to like this one. So I can't tell you why, but as soon as you see what I'm talking about, you'll know what I'm as, referring and to. And as soon as I started the story, I was like, yep, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, and it just it just kept going. It was uh, a coffee merchant. And I went, oh, Keith's going to love this. Oh, and I'm on my run, and I've got a hole full of beans. Okay, there we go. Oh, and I'm going to the coffee shop. I'm going to the coffee space station. What? <laughs> I want to visit there. And I'm, I'm flipping back going, Holly Black. No, not related to Keith. <laughs> I mean, just... Long lost relative. I mean, it doesn't coffee, say... Coffee, coffee, doesn't coffee. say miles on the cover of this book. I keep reading, and then I'm going to go down to the coffee shop and get some coffee. And coffee, 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 coffee. And then the... the uh, uh, what was the Balfinakis... Um, the grask, oh, oh, <laughs> the no, grask uh, jumping on the grass. floor and <laughs> licking it up. Coffee. Is it a grask? It was a grask, not a balfinakis. Okay, okay, They're yeah. played by the same actor in the in the, which is right, what made right, me think right. of that. But yeah, it was a grask. Yeah. And points for that. I just. <laughs> yeah. ooh, Are you sure it was a grask? I thought it was whatever balfinakis's car- uh, species was. No, it is a grask. Hmm. Okay, I just remembered that one. Uh, I can't even remember what his species. I can't remember uh, his. <laughs> I don't think I ever knew his species. Yep, Grask. Okay, last cup of coffee. Well, then what did I read recently that had a the other Vinvakti? That's what it is. Vinvaki. What was it I read recently that had a Vinvaki re- reference? I don't know. Okay. I don't think I anyway. read it. <laughs> I don't think I did either. Anyway, <laughs> I've Which been is- reading a lot of. Stuff. So trying to catch up with my reading judge. I don't know about you. The build up to that moment that we've okay, well we've introduced the doctor now, and this guy knows it. And then they run out of coffee. And then the last bean tumbles down the chute. We're out of coffee. And it's it's like the airplane moment. Is there anything you're not telling us? Yes, we're also out of coffee. And that's when everybody panics and somebody gets murdered. It's the last cup of coffee. And she stands there. We're out of coffee. And I just thought... It's, it's like it's an un, such an unfathomable thing. Keep in mind, I don't drink coffee. I don't like it. I don't care for it. It doesn't please me at all. But the way that whole thing was built and played out, getting to that moment, we're out of coffee. And I felt like, oh, it's going to hit the fan now. Keith is just going to be so upset by this book. 
maybe I liked it way too much because of that personal connection. I don't know. <laughs> but the whole thing was just full of those kinds of, oh, this is awesome. What are you going to do about the coffee? I think this uh, one is tied with Nothing O'Clock for my favorites mm-hmm. of all of the ebooks. Um, the ending of this one, again, another one of those ones that uh, I think the author took a chance. Yeah. I think that, that the author. This is one that I didn't see the end point. I had no idea how how we were going to get out of this. Well, I didn't see the reveal. The doctor's an accessory to murder, although he didn't really kill anybody, but he's an accessory. And you wonder what could possibly... Is it 51? Is that what his name was? What he ended up started calling him was 51? Um, I think so. Yeah, 51, 54. You don't know where this possibly could go. And we still don't necessarily know if the end is a success because it was just it really kind of left it as a you know you decide or, or we'll leave this up to you or, yeah you know yeah. yeah and so that that was that was quite an interesting go way to go with the story and kind of just leave it there um, I like the but i appreciated that so. of the coffee being the catalyst from the beginning to the end it was a nice that it wasn't just the setting that it played a vital role. Yeah, into it. that was the other thing is that the, the you know hunting for the adrenaline and yeah. the you know the oh. stimulus of it. It was just like wow, way to bring of this adrenaline in. Adrenaline at the end is yeah. what eventually does it. Very nice. Yeah, it was as he's plummeting into a sun. Yep. Although I, I don't know why, but maybe because I knew it was a woman writing it when I initially started reading it, I heard a. Uh, I thought fifty one was a female. I don't know why. And you know what? It's not clear. It's, it's, not, it's could, not clear. It could in your mind either be either it, or because I mean, uh, the, I don't it, think they it, ever re- make a reference to. It talks here. about the girl that it kind of had a crush on. Yeah, but that could still was be that even a reference to a girl? Because I thought she, he just kept saying the number. I don't know that they ever used yeah, pronouns. I, I don't think they ever did use pronouns, but I. I, I, again, I liked the fact that it was left to be kind of androgynous, yeah. I, I, yeah. especially being well, that it was an alien species. Even, the story even, if, they, yeah. even yeah. if they did leave a pronoun or even did utilize a program for the one that uh, oh, I think they, I think they called yeah. it her because they so, talked about she had two mouths. But that doesn't. Yeah, that, I think, yeah, I that I think you're out. right. Yeah, but that, that doesn't matter that doesn't, because that doesn't. Still, I mean, it could have been a female that was uh, yeah. interested. So yeah, I, I hadn't thought. I in my mind from the very beginning it was a guy. But from the point when you kept saying her, in fact, you you slipped up a couple oh, times I? even after we had said uh, he, you were saying her, and, I, and it was one. I, I don't know why when was. you first said that. I thought I, I wonder if in Keith's mind it was a girl. It so. must have been, which is kind of bizarre for me because it normally isn't. I liked that aspect of it. I thought, yeah, it, I thought it, it, it was it really cool. And, and it, that, that's too. that's an example of giving me a little more information about this character up front, so that I'm not. Waylaid in the middle of the story, going, "What do you mean this thing's an alien?" <laughs> I didn't get that from. Oh, but you, you yeah. dolled it out to me enough right. during the course right. of this that it was fairly obvious. I was like, "Okay, cool." Maybe you know. because I knew, I, I assumed this person was taking the role of companion at some point, and so by default, and for the most part, I know, but we'll let we'll let you put it right there. Maybe that's like. maybe that's why I don't know. <laughs> He's got a valid point. Yeah. I mean, no. there, are, there, there's a f- handful, uh, literally, of male companions. Yeah, so. sure. so statistically right. speaking, the the doctor the prefers his, his companions to be is quite higher female. Uh, you know, human. Not and saying female. that's right. Anything else? I don't think so. 
Let's wrap this show up by talking about the newly formed schedule for January. Chris, you kind of spot a little bit of it. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Am I allowed to dun, dun, dun my own schedule? <laughs> sure, why not? Dun, dun, dun! I, I'm excited about your I'm schedule. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I have no idea what's on it, but I'm excited about it. <laughs> you haven't looked? No, I told you earlier I hadn't looked at it your schedule yet. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. I, I now know that the Mara story is the Mara story I do. Here's what I do know about it. I do know that we were doing a um, first doctor, non-doctor uh, related story. And I did know that you were putting the Mara stories on sometime this year. And then both uh, that that and the fact that Chrissy said, I'm glad to see you got the Mara schedules on there coming up. Well, this is going to seem like kind of a letdown then, because you you, you know pretty much January. But first, we have to finish up 2014. We're not quite done with the old girl yet. Uh, so we're going to have our Christmas special for Friday Night Who on the 26th, which is the next Doctor. Finish out with a David Tennant story this year. Uh, and then our review the following, or that, that Sunday, uh, Christmas weekend. Uh, we'll, I can still call it Christmas weekend, can't I? Yes. It's, it's still technically <laughs> Christmas weekend, isn't right. it? Sean. Uh, we will be reviewing Sean. last Christmas. It's okay, Keith, Peter okay? Paul. All it's right, okay. let's go. And no, then, it's not. Go ahead. Then we get into 2015. Um, and uh, we're going to open on uh, the 2nd of January with the 5th Doctor Story Kinda for Friday Night Who. So if you uh, do not have that, you should run out immediately and purchase it uh, or obtain a copy because you want to be able to follow along. Um, and then we're going to do two Big Finish audios. So that means you've technically got two weeks. You can start one now if you like. Uh, but also 5th Doctor audios. We're going to do uh, number 44, Creatures of Beauty. And number 66, The Game. And just to make things interesting based on when the Mara stories are uh, set, these are not Perry and Aramim Fifth Doctor stories. This is, uh, I believe, Tegan in one and Turlo in the other, if I remember correctly. So just to mix it up, because we haven't had a Fifth Doctor outside of... I feel like we could step away from Perry and Aramim for a bit, but we'll go back to them later. Um, uh, if I remember, I think Nissa... Or maybe it's Nissa. Maybe Nissa it's Nissa, Nissa and Turlo, I think, maybe in, uh, in opposite ones. But yep. um, So we have that. And then uh, the uh, on the 9th, we're going to do the second Mara story, Snake Dance, also with Peter Davidson. And then our show, number 221, is an adversary archive on the Mara. And we will tackle both stories and review them both uh, in that one, Kinda and Snake Dance. On the 16th of January, we'll get Victory of the Daleks with Matt Smith. Uh, because uh, I'm Jones in for some more Paul. <laughs> so we're going to start the Ace Doctor uh, Adventures and do the first two of the eight, uh, Big Finish Ace Doctor line, which happen to, Glenn, be Blood of the Daleks and Blood of the Daleks Part 2. Uh, yay! That's so a you'll, you, you'll get a little... Uh, Double uh, dose of Daleks! You'll, you'll get a victory of the Daleks on Friday Night Who, and then you'll get some Daleks in the Big, in the, the big Finish area. And then... Um, this is the part you're not going to be excited about. On the 23rd, the Censorites is on the Yay! schedule. Why do you think I'm so sullied You've on the You've commented Censorite? several times that you're I not told looking you forward just, to that. No, I told you it was just kind of a boring story. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll much, find out. There's not much there. There's but not more. Well, there's six I parts it's, of it. It's, so. not a, it's not a twin dilemma <laughs> or anything. It's just I, I haven't been dreading. Well, reviewing this one, it's just I haven't been all that excited about doing it either. So. Yay, Censor! <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So we'll do the first three because it's a long one. So we'll do parts one, two, and three for Friday Night Who on the 23rd. And that week, 
uh, episode number 213, is when we do Behind the Doctor. And for those of you that maybe didn't get in the know... Uh, so what, behind the Doctor? Beyond. Beyond, beyond the Doctor. Is what it, yeah. Um, what, what, what we decided to do, uh, if you remember back in the... This is two years ago now, isn't that weird? Uh, for the 50th, we did each month a kind of lead up to the 50th and we had the first doctor where we did a comic and a ebook and a this and you know or we, we did all that kind of cool stuff and then the last year we did the ebooks until until the new season the came along. Doctor got away. <laughs> um but you know we, we hit an ebook each time for for that and so we decided we thought we'd do something similar to that but uh, what we've always been talking about is you know what were they in other than doctor who so we are going to watch carry on sergeant which is a film uh, that uh, stars William Hartnell, and it's before he was. I think the it's doctor, his role right? in that, isn't it? That got him. I believe that. Yeah, this, this is what he he's most known noticed. for, other than. I think uh, I remember doctor. seeing in the vault that Barry told William yeah, that it might have even been part of uh, Adventure in Time and uh, Space and Time. Oh, and they didn't Space make. They didn't yeah, well, he's, he's played this yeah. type of, yeah. of character yeah. before too. But well, and they, I think in, in Adventure in Space and Time. It's, the comment is made that um, he would probably he was he's searching out a role different than he has been doing, which yeah. were comedy uh, roles. So yeah. I think that's that's what it was. I mean, I don't specifically oh, say. Oh, I know. I think I think it was the reverse because he, he was looking because he's always played the rough, gruff, and oh, that's the what drill you're sergeant. right. That's he was what looking was. for something. A he little was looking lighter. for something a little lighter or different than the. The and that's why army he did carry on Sergeant, even right. though it was still an army role. That's right. right. Anyway, so it's a comedy, and it's got William Hartnell, and uh, the, you know, obviously there's a sergeant. So uh, we'll find out about that, and uh, we'll do a whole episode just on that, which I think will be interesting and probably a little shorter than what you're accustomed to, <laughs> but who knows? And then we'll finish up uh, on the 30th of January. We'll finish up the Sensorites with parts four through six, and then we will review the Sensorites and Big Finish number 85 Red, which uh, is another fifth doctor, or no, it's a seventh doctor. It's a seventh doctor story. So a lot of one and five uh, in the first month, but um, and then uh, con season starts for us. We'll have galley uh, in February, and then Planet Comic Con in March, uh, and so we're kind of still feeling our way through that, trying to figure out exactly how we're going to do some of that. But I understand from the gang here that uh, Engines of War is apparently a uh, we really ought to get on that. So. I, if I was a betting man, I would say you could probably look for that to be on the scale sometime <laughs> mid-February. If you haven't picked up your book copy yet, you may want to think about doing that. All right. Is there anything else we need to do before we uh, close this one out this week? Thank you to everybody who continues to support us, whether uh, monetarily through Patreon or just by tuning in and listening or somebody who writes in feedback and or likes our Facebook page. We hope you're enjoying the Advent calendar. Um, Good job with that. Thanks. It's coming along. So, some some days are better notice, than others. You notice we didn't post though a couple of days ago. It was the seventh, was it? I think it was the seventh day. I thought and we we started we, doing our twelve days of Christmas one. And we, I think we missed, missed one. I think we missed seven. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. We'll have to go back and check. Yeah, we'll we'll work on that group. Yeah. Yeah. If not, we'll go post something. <laughs> we'll retroactively post a seven something or something <laughs> if we missed it. All right, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.